Some people call us nerds. Some people call us hoarders. Others think we have obsessive compulsive disorder. We think all those people don't know what they're talking about and... Oh man! My copy transcript of this episode has a crease in it on the front page. I need to get this in a bag and board right away. Why don't you go listen to the theme song? Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Podcast. 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 Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. This is episode 172. Yep. Ah, I did it. All by myself, like a big boy. And we will be talking about our horror collections. We'll probably actually get into other things besides just horror, because um, we we all are collectors of many, many things. Um, but this is since this is a horror-themed podcast, we'll, we'll probably talk the majority about horror. We'll be talking about the do's and don'ts, the ups and downs, the peanut butter and jellies of collecting. So, uh, if you're tuning in for the first time to our show, we are a horror-themed, a horror movie podcast where a group of friends get together and talk about our one true love, horror movies. We are such huge fans that we've collected all things related to horror. And we're going to share that with our Horror Collections episode. Um, you can hear the show, along with several other amazing podcasts, on our very own podcast network. It's called the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. So go to go to pfpn.com, check out all the great shows, such as Atomic Way of Cheese, Story by Podcast, Land of the Creeps, My Bleeding Ears. I hear that one's good. <laughs> That's probably the best one I heard. Yeah. And so many. <laughs> Again, go to pfpn.com, check out all those shows, and check out all those shows and many, many more. So before we get started, I want to take a moment to give a shout out to our sponsor, Shutter! Shutter. Shutter is the premium streaming premium streaming service for all things horror. We here are huge fans of Shutter. Right now, I've been going through and, and um, watching the Joe Bob Briggs Thanksgiving special, uh, Dinners of Death. Heck yeah. Uh, just, so good. It is. It's awesome. Just last night, I watched the Hills Have Eyes episode, so so good. Um, it, it's all one episode, though, because it was live. Well, That's technically, right. Technically, and I, unfortunately, I had to work on flipping Thanksgiving, which is BS, um, so I didn't get to see it when it <laughs> aired live, but... That's how cool Shutter is. They put the whole selection on their um, in their stream, so you could watch it at your leisure. It's amazing. So, so you could watch their live stream channel. You could choose from their huge selection of films, various series, from horror classics to modern horror to original content, and you can get Shutter for only four ninety nine a month or four forty nine ninety nine for a whole year. And if that's not cheap enough for you, how about free? That's right. You, can, <clears throat> you can't get any cheaper than that. And if you enter our promo code AOTKP, you can get a whole month of Shudder for free. So go to Shudder.com backslash podcast, enter our promo code AOTKP to get your first month totally free. 
pretty badass. It is badass. Do it. And hey, if you like free stuff, we here at Attack of the Killer Podcast is willing to give you hours and hours of exclusive free content, like special videos, bonus episodes, all exclusive to you. You can get all this amazing content by subscribing to our Patreon. That's it. That's all you got to do. So if you go to patreon.com backslash AOTKP, pick the tier that best suits you, help support the show, and we will give you tons of great content. What do you how look at it, me like that? How is it free? Tons of free content. They're supporting the show, uh-huh. and then we give them free content. They're not uh-huh. paying for the content. They're supporting the They're show. They're keeping for... the lights on here at Attack of the Killer right. Podcast. Okay. <laughs> and as a thank right. you, we're giving them oh, this okay. free stuff. That's a, all right. Jesus, Jason. all right so now without any further ado it's time to introduce you to the podcast crew he collects boxes of mints and ironically they're not mint in box andy wassum everybody (laughs) (laughs) nice I, I'm, I love Junior Mints, so that's just very near and dear to my heart right there. He wishes he could bag and board his sex life because it would be worth lots of money because it's so rare. Jason Bollinger! Hey! <laughs> Always so mean, yet accurate. Hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> He's the only man that I know that, co- that has a collection of Michael Myers masks uh, that he repaints to look like William Shatner. His Halloween H2O mask looks like Shatner from T, uh, TJ Hooker. Larry Watanabe. Hey, how you guys doing? <laughs> nice to be here tonight with you. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah. And lastly, he collects failed children's toys, such as the Thing Play-Doh playset, the Exorcist Reagan's water sprinkler toy, the Barbie Amityville Horror Playhouse, and my favorite, the Buffalo Bill Goodbye Horses Halloween costume. Tad good, everybody. <laughs> I would gladly take any of those. Yeah. I know, that sounds pretty cool, right? <laughs> I should be in toy design. That thing, though, that's that's a good concept for a thing action figure, because it could be anything, right? Might as well be Play-Doh. Right. Yeah. That's ingenious, really. I'm stealing it. <laughs> <clears throat> Okay, so we're just going to get into Let's it. Get man. right to it. Yeah, we Let's have a lot it. to discuss, man. Collection, collection, collections. Uh, so, well, uh, where do you want to start? I don't even know where to start. I just, I just know that like um, you and I have spent most of our adult lives and our friendship asking ourselves these questions <laughs> weekly, <laughs> and. Every time, I, I don't know if we ever get closer to answers on these things. And I guess I'll just start with the one that probably comes up the most, that we most talk about, is... In this house? Yeah. Organizing our movie collections. Ooh. This is important, people. I've lost sleep over this. It's not kidding. <laughs> not kidding. Like, <laughs> and, and where to even begin? Uh, I guess... Okay. Well, I I, want to start off with explaining my collection a little bit. Okay. I'm not going to go into huge detail, but my movie collection has expanded beyond one location. It is so big. So, and and I have a little bit of almost every format. And that's my kind of my goal now is to get a little bit bit of everything in each format. 
I've got a couple laser discs. I've got oh, there you go. Um, yep, I've got DVD, Blu-ray, VHS. Um, I don't have Betamax, um, and I just barely started getting into um, Super 8s. Uh, I only have like one right now. Um, so yeah, and uh, so I want to collect er- it all. But the DVD collection alone, the DVD and Blu-ray collection alone, is too big for the one room. That and I I'll, call the movie room. And my opinion <clears throat> is, that makes me sad. <laughs> my first impression is, that makes me sad. Because... That doesn't sound you, anything like me. That's a horrible don't, impression. Don't, don't you... I mean, you want to see them all in one location. Right? Bigger is better. That's what she said. Okay. But... <laughs> yes. But, like, um... And I, I kind of, I kind of got this from our good buddy Justin Beam. Like, he's got, or he had anyway. I'm, when we we first really started hanging out with him, he had a separate collection that was just in his office yep. of his go-to movies. So I've got that in my bedroom, of hmm. like favorite slash comfort food films that I could just pop in, pop in at night or whatever. Then I have like a small little collection in the kitchen because there's a Blu-ray player in the kitchen, and so that's like <laughs> stuff I just want to play in the background when I'm working in the kitchen. And then I have a whole separate shelf in the room we're recording in right now, that is the director's, the director's uh, um, shelf of my of my favorite directors collections of my favorite directors. So, yeah, so the movies are kind of spread out amongst the house. Is it because you wanted it that way, or is it probably because you couldn't have them all in one place, so you might as well start breaking some off? It started out as, like, because I couldn't, um, but, um, and eventually, you know, eventually the goal is, is that movie room having a wraparound shelves around most of the room <laughs> of nothing but movies, Yeah, and it's starting to get there already a little bit. Um, but, uh, it started off that way. And if I were to get rid of any of those subsections, the other rooms, it would be the kitchen first. Yeah. So the ki- the kitchen one plagues me. I don't, I, I don't even know why I even mess with having any in the kitchen at this point. Cause I'm constantly like, okay, these have got to go. I put them away, but then I grab a new stack and take them into the kitchen. Those that's in constant rotation where the stuff in the bedroom is, is always the same. Then uh, obviously the uh, the director's shelf is is the same as well. So <clears throat> so yeah. So I deal with a lot of issues when it comes to my movie collection. <laughs> and the first question I have for everybody is, um, and this is all therapy for me. Just so you know, <laughs> where do you guys put numbers? Front. It's got to be first. Yeah. Like- Mine start yeah. start with numbers. I mean, okay. I I didn't. I mean, we we shouldn't assume, but God forbid if this wasn't true, we wouldn't be friends. But we agree that you must alphabetize, right? Oh yeah, I guess that was yeah. the first. I didn't want to be a given. Because <laughs> if you're I not, had, there's something wrong with I you, and we can't be friends. But <laughs> I also have shelves for certain directors. I have a Carpenter shelf. I have a uh, De Palma shelf. Um, I have, I do have a Tarantino one. I mean, not everybody likes him, but, uh, but I have, you know, I've, and, you know, and I actually, 
they're not necessarily alphabetical when I do them by director. I go by uh, what was released first and then work my way up. Oh, I like that. I yep. like that. That makes sense to me. Yeah, totally, hundred percent. But here's my question: So, and does anybody else here have a direct, you know, like a, a separate shelf for directors, or maybe an actor, or or maybe a studio? Anybody? No, no. I got no. a Vince. I got a Vincent Price uh, shelf. Nice. Okay. I have a I have a Vincent Price, and um, I'd say that's probably. Yeah, probably about about it, you know. And I, I and I also keep my uh, Don Coscarelli stuff uh, together too, you know. Whether it's Phantasm or you know, having Phantasm next to Beastmaster is a little maybe a little weird for some people, <laughs> but it it, it it makes sense to me, you know, because it's Don Coscarelli. So, okay, well, I have a question about that. I'm going to put a pin <laughs> in the Don Coscarelli thing, I and mean, kind of leaning into what I'm getting into now. So, my director shelf, and Jason, you used to do director shelves. Yeah, I remember back in the day, you used to have like. What a Kevin Smith shelf. Um, I can't remember all the shelves. I don't you remember had. either. Anyway, my director shelf. It's George Romero, Herschel Gordon Lewis, yeah. Takashi Miike, and John Waters. Those are my director shelves, and I've I've thought about expanding it, but it's too stressful for me. <laughs> so first off, and. Andy, you also have a collection of VHS, right? Yes. So your yeah. director shelf, multi-format. Is it, is it multi-format? It it is not. I keep the oh. I keep the formats. I keep the formats separate. Um, I have a place for my laser discs, and the only the, the only uh, thing I get. Um, real particular about is with my uh my dvds and my blu-rays because that is what i have uh most of and i i I try to keep those a little bit more organized with my you know uh with my vhs i keep all my friday the 13th and my my uh you know my ramiro's all together and i keep and i i keep them together that way but uh I just keep my I keep my formats separate. I, like I said, I have a place for my laserdisc. I have a place for my beta. I have a place for my CEDs. I have a place for uh, I do have eight miller eight millimeter super eight millimeter. Uh, I also only have one, but it's psycho. Nice. Uh, um. So for you, format is your top tier of organization. Uh yeah yeah pretty much um. So let me pose this to you then, because here's my dilemma, right? I, when it comes to the director's shelf, and it's only the director's shelf, it's like this. Um, it's multi-format. And okay. here's part of the problem. Like, I'll just, like John Waters, for example. Most of the, jo- the movies I have of John Waters are on DVD. Okay. But I have multiple no well yeah never mind well I have multiple maniacs on Blu-ray, and I have multiple maniacs on VHS. But multiple maniacs was never released on DVD. Okay. So what would you do in that scenario? Um, because because if I were to take multiple maniacs and put it away with the Blu-rays, and the VHS away with, I would feel like my director shelf is incomplete. 
upgrade the DVDs to Blu-ray? I don't know if all of them have been off to look, but I don't know if all of them. I have assume made it to you Blu-ray. would put all formats of your director on your director shelf. Yeah, which is what I do. Yeah. 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 It's. I like to. I like things looking halfway uh, u- uniform, though. You know, because they get just. Because uh, like all all my, uh, the way my ho- way my home is constructed, um, uh, all my VHS is upstairs. Because if I had like you know, all of my movies downstairs, you wouldn't be able to walk. Into my living room, it's it, it'd just be impossible. Um, so yeah, I I don't know unless you know unless you. It all depends on the person, I guess, and I guess that's pretty <laughs> much the answer to yeah, like everything. That'll be the answer uh, to everything, yeah. But um, but I mean, if you really if if you're like a super true you know purist, you know, I mean, I've got. You know, of course, I keep all my. Uh, here, here's the here's the weird thing about this. I like to keep all of my Halloweens together, but that's a John Carpenter film. So, I mean, but at the same time, I also have you know multiple copies and multiple versions of Halloween, whether it be the 25th anniversary or the 35th anniversary. You know, you just. You put one. You put them where whichever ones you want to put with the director, or whichever ones you want to keep within the set. So, I mean, it, I guess I guess it all depends. It all depends on how many I'm versions just, you have. I'm just not sure that you're doing it right if you're not putting <laughs> the Halloweens on the John Carpenter shelf. <laughs> well, it feel like that shelf is incomplete, but you can't. Take you can't I'm just argue it. You can't. I know, but you can't take Halloween two through six and put it with John Carpenter. And I don't. So but it I have needs multiple, to be the Halloween show. But I have multiple. I have multiple. Have co- multiple different copies of Halloween, so I can put a Halloween on the Carpenter shelf. But I can also put one of the mini Halloweens that I own on the Halloween shelf. I also just like the fact that with, say, George Romero, for example, and Dawn of the Dead being my favorite movie, I just think it looks cool having multiple formats and many different copies of Dawn of the Dead on the same shelf together. I've got, like, I think, like, three or four DVDs, the one Blu-ray, and three or four copies of it on VHS, and that just looks cool to me. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, you can kind of almost. It all depends on how you want to present your favorite movie, too. To me, it's like, yeah, I could take like my, my my Thorn EMI copy on uh, VHS of Dawn of the Dead and put it next to uh, what's that that four disc Ultimate Edition. Yeah, uh, that, you Love know, that I thing. mean, yeah, yeah. So do I, but I. I I personally don't do that. I like to keep my VHS with my, you know, with, with, of course I have, you know, the trilogy on VHS too, but I prefer, I prefer to keep my, my formats separate. Yeah. And I, and I get it. Um, and I've, I totally forgot another shelf of segregated films that I have. I keep all my Italian horror on it, on their own shelf. I forgot about that one, but any Italian Blu-rays that I have are just straight in the Blu-ray in the Blu-ray collection. 
So it's just the Italian DVDs that have their own shelves. So, so, so would Fulci would go next to Argento, but would uh, would you keep those separate on uh, on different formats though? Yeah, they're separate. Different. The formats are separated when it just comes to that, and it's all alphabetical. I don't have the Fulci's all together and the Argentos all together. It's just straight um, alphabetical when it comes to the Italian stuff. So I do, I do keep my Argento stuff all together, though. Yeah, and I did that at one time when I had him on the director's shelf, but then it just felt weird to me keeping him separate from the other Italian films. So I just put them all together. Um, here's a question for everybody, and you, you, you kind of touched on this a little bit, Andy, but, like, franchises. Franchises uh-huh. is another dilemma for me. Um, in particular, a, a, a good example would be Friday the 13th. So you're saying within your alphabetized system, then keeping Friday 1 through 10 together. Yeah. But after part 8, they're not... Right. Friday Thirteenth Part Nine, Friday Thirteenth Part Ten, they're so, separate. They're in their own individual titles. So where do people put eight or put nine and ten? In the fucking garbage. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on the the night. Uh, it's very enjoyable. Well, to me at least. And I keep those together. I keep all my Friday the 13ths together. But the way I, I arrange my collection anyway is um, it's a, it's constantly changing. Just like how uh, you guys saw my room I showed you earlier. I have a lot of action figures in here. I'm constantly changing things around. So at first, yes, with my DVDs, I they were A through Z and didn't matter what genre. Then I mixed it up and... Took all the horror movies, put it with horror. Then in the next shelf, it was action. Then uh, sci-fi and romance or whatever, drama. So it's it's constantly changing and evolving with me until never, because it's never going to stop. I'm never going to stop collecting. Yeah. A, co- a common uh, quote in our house is, we're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. I... Th- well, I solved my dilemma with the Friday Thirteenth franchise anyway by just creating a whole Friday Thirteenth wall with all my there you go. statues and figures, and stuff, just put all the movies with that, including um, uh, the documentaries with it as well, like the Crystal Lake memoirs and his name is Jason, and then also put Freddy versus Jason over there because then I'm like, where, where does that go? Does that go with Nightmare on Elm Street? Just go with Friday Thirteenth. I I have a theory about that because I think. Um, in terms of, you know, character, I think it's, um, it's Jason's movie. It's a movie about Jason. I agree a thousand percent. Because he is, he's the one being manipulated and then he almost, once he's, once Freddy's brought out into the real world, he's, he's kind of the protagonist. So the movie is technically about him. I mean, just all... Monica Keena and Jason, I mean, they're, you know, the chick from Destiny's Child, they're almost like fodder. You know, it's yeah. like, I don't really even care about them. I want to see Jason be able to have, you know, be make, you know, make his own decisions and do, and do his thing. It's his, it's, it's more his movie than it is 
anybody else's, in my opinion. That's a, that's a, that's awesome. I like the way you look at that. You know, it's almost as if Jason has an arc in that movie. <laughs> Whoa! I know. It's weird. He's being, mani- <laughs> he's being manipulated. I mean, so I mean, he's the one that's you know he's he's called to take action because you know he. He's being mentally manipulated by the the visions of his mother. That's not really her, and he's he's confused, and you know he's he's trying to get, you know, he becomes a little boy again, and he's getting drowned. You know, he's reliving his worst nightmare. So I mean, basically, he's almost at some point in a weird sort of way, he's kind of like one of the Elm Street kids. So nice. I think it's his. It's his movie. <laughs> yeah, it so is, and he wins he at goes, the end. Exactly, uh, Mike. <laughs> my, but my question is: organizing your Friday the Thirteenth, uh, you know, together. I mean, it almost happens by default unless you have a uh, a collection that's already compiled together. Because I keep my Crystal Lake to Manhattan's, you know, next to all my other Friday the 13th. And I also try to keep my Friday the 13th complete collection uh, Blu-ray, which is the only way you can get uh, Blu-rays of Part 9 and Part 10, your favorite films, uh, <laughs> on Blu-ray. Plus, they have a great collection of uh, short films that are on those DVDs concerning uh, Friday the 13th. So that's like one of my favorite compilations nice i'm a complete stickler when it comes to this stuff um oh i love it very 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 simple to me it's i i do separate formats never mix them that's gross right (laughs) (laughs) and um a hundred percent it is alphabetical unless something is physically in a box set that I can't remove without leaving like a space open in a, a physical box. Uh-huh. But um, if it's like Freddy vs. Jason goes in the Fs, um, Jason X goes in the Js. He's it's right. pretty simple to me. I I <laughs> stick to one rule and it's alphabetical, and that's it. So when a movie that starts with a number but it's spelled out, then then it's the it's the if it starts with a number, then how right. would it be like, like what? Like, well, like seven. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say seven would be a good example. Would seven go Se- alphabetically? Seven would be in the S's because That's it's right. a, it's a it's a S. It starts with an S. But if the movie was seven, like uh, with um like nine, the movie nine, nine I have yeah. that on Blu-ray. Yeah. It goes at the very beginning. Yeah, was the first after eight millimeter. See, and I made no, the I mistake do- of doing it all as the way you would spell it. So like nine, it would go in the ends. And and I regret that now, and there's no going back. It's like I'd have to redo the whole fucking wall if I were to do that. I, so. I do have a question. So if you have a Takashi McKay, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, a Takashi McKay director's shelf, um, are you such a stickler? Where where would you put Thirteen Assassins then? So you know, are, at, are you asking me? No, uh, I, I guess you. you I would say I. I would never have a director shelf. That's <laughs> well, <laughs> unless that direct, unless that director's films were A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You know. <laughs> well, uh, to those who have a director's sh- shelf, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, no, I, I don't have Thirteen Assassins, so I guess it doesn't matter. No, but seriously, um, like Three Extremes, like it's on my, it's on my Takashi Miike shelf. 
Um, a real dilemma is Two Evil Eyes. That's a George Romero film and a Dario Argento film. You have to buy ah, so where's copies. that go? You got to buy two copies. Exactly. <laughs> I, I didn't, but yeah. I think with when with the breakdown shelves, the breakout shelves, there's either alphabetical or chronological, right? There is. I, I can be okay with those two. Oh, oh, with the with, with these the breakout shelf. Breakout shelf, yeah. I can't see another way working. <laughs> I like Tad's way. It's peaceful. It's just straight <laughs> to the point. But you mentioned Tad box sets, so like, how would you handle? Because that's a dilemma I have as well. I've I've bought some of those like cheap bargain bin. Oh yeah, the like nine movies on Mill two Creek discs things. or whatever. But mm. none of the movies are related to one another. So it, where would you put something like that? The box sets usually have a, a name. name to them. They give them like a corny name, and that's alphabetical that way too. Okay. Easy. Ah, it's like easy. it's like more chilling okay. or something, and that's in the M's. Um, if it's you know Vincent Price, ten films, it's in the V's. If it's you know uh, AMC Monster Fest, that's in the A's. I just the first letter that's that's the title. That's where it goes. I'm stick to it. That's a tough one for me too. Um, when the title of the uh, disc is a person's name, like I've got a I've got a Tom Hanks you know three movie set. I instinctively want to put it under the H's because hmm. I've always, I've always. I don't know if Tad feels the same way. I'd assume probably not. No, because I have like a Nick Cage little uh, set that you know, and then I think I have a Steve Martin one. And yep, I'm looking at him right now in this room, <laughs> and Steve Martin's right after Step Brothers. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So the thing goes under T H E then. Stop it. You know better. <laughs> Actually, it's pretty close because, you know, it's right there. It is not bad. Like, yeah. it, it could be there. That's that was a bad, a bad example. That was a bad example, so nice try. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I should just start thinking like Tad because I've yeah, simple wait, rule. I've One simple too much rule. of my life worrying about organizing my movies. Uh, and I have, an, I have a backup to that even helps me out. Not that I don't mean like I can't do the alphabet, but I uh, I use a program, an app that logs all my films. I don't know if I... And so it, it ever... I just, like, once a year I'll go through the app and my shelves and see... Well, one, I do it to, to make sure I still have everything there, you know, to what I've loaned out or whatnot or where things might be, but it also helps me if I do misalphabetize something i follow this app which is literal alphabetized you know does it though i have a feeling i have a feeling that app would do with people's names like i mm, i don't know i don't remember that part i don't know that i have any to i'll i should make you scan a couple of mine <laughs> but and... it's a it's a nice backup for me to to help keep it organized by using this app, do you, any of you guys uses use apps or? Well, I did a long time ago, but uh, that was before I started Blu-rays, and I just didn't keep up with it. Mm. Yeah, Daniel's been kind of you know getting on me. It's like you need to like see which ones you have because I have accidentally made the mistake of buying the same movie twice. Yep. Oh yeah. And, forget, yeah, and forgetting that I owned it. You know, worse things have happened. You know, but right. I'm just like oh, <laughs> oh no, darn. No. Yeah, that's and 
I do the app too, but it's daunting for me to do the app because I have so much. Yeah, it's so. a it's a big undertaking. It, yeah, well, when you have them all in one place, then it's not so bad. And it's still bad. No. I well, I just wanted to give a shout out. I use uh, My Movies Pro on the Android. Is that the one I? Think it's a few I bucks, the one you but me. like oh. it's worth it. It's freaking awesome, and then, you know, just scan the barcode, boom, on to the next one. I even I go through and I go through my DVDs every couple of months and see. Um, if I've doubled it, if I've bought it, like upgraded to Blu-ray, I'll pull the DVD from the shelf and put it in like a box and either give it as a gift or yep. sell it down the line or give it to the library so they'll have it for their collection. Uh, unless, you know, of course, it, it has special features that the Blu-ray doesn't have. That's right. a whole different story, but... Um, <laughs> I'm too damn greedy. I'd hold on to it, man. <laughs> uh, I, I'm the same as you because um, after our store closed in Saints Asylum, I had boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes of VHS that I just went on eBay and sold a shit ton of it, and I regret it now. You do? Officially uh, regret it? Uh, I don't want to say regret. I hate that word. Um I I, I, w- I just wish I still had a lot of those back. Yeah. My VHS collection is so tiny compared to what it used to be back in the day. I've gotten rid of mm-hmm. so many and I wish I hadn't. So I'm I'm at that so I'm at that point with like I buy a Blu-ray and if it's something I already have on another format, I I can't bring myself to get rid of it knowing that I should just get rid of the DVD, right? But I don't want another 2 3 years down the road be like, "Oh man, I wish I still had the DVD of that." I even go through and I'll pull stuff. It's like, I haven't watched this in uh, three years. Am I going to watch it anytime what? soon? Holy yep. shit, really? Yep. Has, has that ever bit you in the ass? Have you ever been like, oh, I haven't seen this movie in forever. Oh, wait, I don't have it anymore. Um, Not really, because, I mean, if it's something I really love. I mean, I've I've picked up stuff, you know, like a blind buy that someone recommended that I didn't end up loving that kind of thing where i'm like oh i did not not that i you know what's your motivation for cleaning house like that um i just (laughs) absolutely that's what it is is 100 (laughs) percent space issue is that i don't want to be putting shit in my kitchen man that's a problem (laughs) (laughs) you you have a goddamn problem like this is an intervention (laughs) yeah now, if it was food-themed movies and you just did it that way, Ooh. right? Yeah, that'd be okay. There's an idea. That's Ooh. an idea, guys. Microwave massacre? Would that yeah. technically go in the kitchen? Yep. Oh hell yeah, it would go in the kitchen. Organization-wise, Killer Tomatoes. I mean, there's there's a lot uh-huh. of stuff that could go in there. Oh, yeah. oh I, I, I'm going to do that now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to put them in one of my kitchen cupboards too. I'm just, <laughs> all kind, all, all your shitty movies go in the bathroom. Uh, uh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten a TV into the bathroom yet. Note, I said yet. Not that there's a room, but that's the only reason. <laughs> I almost have a TV in every room in this house. Oh, man. Did you get your questions answered? Do you feel like you're in a okay place with your movie collection? I'm feeling rather in, in, um, insecure. insecure now about oh. my movie collection. I, I even mix TV. What do you guys do with that? Is that separate oh. from for movies? me? Oh, for that's me, for, that's I separate. forgot about that too. I yeah, I separate Jeez. out my TV. 
the only things I separate is I all my TV box sets are separate, and then I have all my music DVDs and Blu-rays. They're you know or music, either concerts or documentaries or anything that's you know a, a band related. I keep separate because I've got a bunch of those animations separate with me too. But oh. see, but see. It's like a fucking mad world over there. Wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't be able to find anything. What, like, what, if, what if there's a what if there's a live action movie that has some animation in it and uh, it's it's a has a, by a musician and it's you know well, it's like, directed by John it's Carpenter. It's not technically horror, and, but it's like oh yeah. what a nightmare. Well, yeah, I was yeah. gonna get into that too. Like I keep TV separate, um, but there's a there's a set of shows that I have that are in the movie collection that and it plagues me to see them on the shelf. In the movies, when I technically know it's television, and that's the Masters of Horror sets. Ooh. So then what do you do there? Where's Salem's Lot go? Because that was a made-for-TV movie. Does that count? Oh, my gosh. I know. Speaking speaking of animation, I mean, I have to keep a scanner darkly next to my Richard Linklater's. Oh, Because my God. that's all technically animated, but yeah. it's like rotoscoped. Oh my God! You're blowing my mind right now. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I think Tad has got the the best i the you know the best organization here. I mean, it's the one that makes the most sense. I just it's don't black feel, and white. It it's is it's black and white. I just don't feel right in people coming over to my house, admiring my movie collection, and seeing half of a shelf being you should all be eleven seasons of Friends. Oh. <laughs> so that's why Tad proudly shows off his all seasons of Friends right behind him in all his videos. That's true. No, actually, right. I'm looking right now. Um, <laughs> one that's really funny is that I Love Lucy is right next to oh, Human yeah. Centipede. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, so, and I bring up the Masters of Horrors because that was when I was going to um, ask you about Andy. Where does Cigarette Burn? I mean, do you have the Masters of Horror DVDs? Uh, I I I do, but not uh, all of them. Um, it's that's that's a weird mix-up set for me. I have uh, I got Coscarelli's, I've got uh, Carpenters, yeah, and those are together retrospective in their in their spots where they need to be next to the directors. But I also yeah, have I a I have a I have a Blu-ray one with uh, the. Uh, the one with audition on it, the Takashi Mikai one, that's really, really screwed up. Imprint. Uh, but that just that kind of just sets in a Blu-ray. I mean, there's kind of like a, I I almost think I have like a catch-all kind of spot too as well, where I don't know what the hell to I, do with them. I see Ted shaking his head right now. <laughs> and uh, that's just where I go when I know where it's just like, well. Where the hell did I put it? Well, I know where where it's got to be. It's it's going to be in the catch-all. Nope. In the M's, sub-alphabetized by film. Yep. Not by number of release. Well, this is... But here's the, here's the thing. It's not just the Takashi Makai one. It's a, it's, a, it's a collection of like three or four of the Masters of Horror on oh, one Blu-ray. It hurts. What yeah. do you do? So, Gosh. I'm just kind of happy I have a system at all because I know if I just threw them on a shelf, you guys would have hung up on me. Right, <laughs> right. We were getting to you. That's true. 
It's like my my son's movies. I can't even look at those shelves because no. there's no order. And I constantly am going through and fixing them, but they, <laughs> they don't stay that way. So what do you do, Larry? Uh, as of right now, they are in alphabetical order. Just simple right now because I don't collect them as much anymore. I am I actually trying to get rid of a lot more. Uh, if you guys are interested at all, I got a bunch of <laughs> yeah, what do you got? <laughs> he brought a bunch. Uh, of yeah, I'm slowly yeah. weaning out stuff, and I'm keeping the the sentimental and nostalgic and movies that really mean something to me. I'm gonna keep those and everything else. You can always find it. Well, a lot of the titles I'll give away, you can always find on just streaming. So uh, I'll keep my stuff VHS, but I'll sell my Howling Two DVD, something like that. Mm. See, and that's where for me, when it comes to the movies, it's a it it is about the collecting of it more than just like, hey, I want to watch this. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I'm to that I'm to that point now where I will surf streaming for a good hour before I grab a movie off the shelf. So, and there are times where I've been so lazy that I'll watch something that I own, but it's on Amazon prime. So I'll just watch, <laughs> I'll just watch it <laughs> on Amazon prime. <clears throat> but Same that, here. But that doesn't keep me from knowing uh, the qualities wanting to own um, more. Some of those but primes are straight from the Blu-rays. I know, we, but there's we, a difference. We we talk about um, the different formats, though. There's some, and you, it's almost like what you said, like a comfort food movie. Uh, sometimes when you watch like an old slasher flick on VHS and it's dull and grainy, you almost, to me personally, I almost kind of enjoy it more that way. Is anybody else? Oh, I do too. It depends. Yeah. It depends on the film, sure. Um, yeah, like, oh, uh, I, yeah. There's some movies that I don't think should be cleaned up. You know? Blasphemy. Yeah. But then you yeah, take like I'm, the original prom night, and I'll never go back to like a shitty VHS copy of that. Cause you can't see what's going on. It's all black. <laughs> I don't have a VHS player anymore. That's okay. I'll let you borrow one. I still got like seven or eight. There you go. <laughs> I'm probably only only one that works. Our local uh, resale shop is they have a pretty decent VHS collection. And my favorite thing, this is sort of off topic, but I just thought of it because uh, my friend Noah's birthday was last week, and my favorite thing is to buy him uh, multiple copies of the same movie on VHS for birthdays and Christmas. Like, <laughs> like last year, I got him seven copies of Men in Black on VHS. Do you wrap last... them individually, or do you put them in no. one box? No. Uh, uh, no, I don't make them open each one, but this year, uh, I got him four copies of um, Kirk Cameron's Left Behind on VHS. <laughs> <laughs> That's the equivalent That's of eight so Men in Blacks. Cruel. And he doesn't have a uh, VCR, and I think his uh, girlfriend hates me. She's just like, why are you doing this every holiday? <laughs> that shit's funny. That's great, man. I'm, I'm really hoping, because uh, someone was like, 
you should, you know, it'd be funny if he took them back to the retail shop and donated them. And I'm like, yeah, and then I bought them again. That'd be hilarious. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's for like, a, it's like a nonprofit for a good cause. I'm like, I would, I would keep buying the same movies over and over again and giving them to him. <laughs> Buy a whole bunch of different, really crappy ones and then, like, replace the covers. Don't even have the right movie inside <laughs> the sleeve. <laughs> Well, my, my whole strategy is I go through their collection, and it's sort of like the person that works there must think I'm crazy because I will um, grab you know whatever they have multiple copies of and put them next to each other. I start alphabetizing their stuff, sort of, and then um, I whatever has the most copies wins. So you know the largest the largest amount of movie I can find, I am getting him. That's my thing. Is like I'm hoping someday there's like. 20 copies of something i'll buy them all because they're they're a quarter a piece <laughs> oh man would it piss you off he did the same thing to you but sent you different movies but he didn't alphabetize them <laughs> uh, i would be okay with it uh, he, yeah he's given me some weird gifts before i get weird gifts so it sort of uh works that way oh, that's so since awesome. we're talking about movie collections how many what percent are what percent of the movies on your shelves are still in the shrink wrap? <laughs> Mike. Don't mic me. I've seen your collection. Yeah, all... Yours is probably 50%. Whoa, no. 40? No. Mine's probably 10. I just know tops. that mine is... That not Anyone that's in shrink wrap isn't not been seen by me. It's just like I finally got this version of the film that I want, and I haven't that I've seen before, and I just haven't watched it on that version yet. That's all. Got it. I don't know that I have any shrink wrap films on my shelf of films I haven't seen. I'll be right back. Oh gosh, please don't. <laughs> I I have a few of them, and I've I will put it out here on the record. I think it would be a great episode if we all went through our collections, oh, found yeah. like found some and it was sort of like a whole like what we watched episode where we just talk about a movie that we've had in plastic wrap that we finally got yeah. to watch you know, know we wouldn't all have to discuss oh. them we just individually talk like oh I, I had this in plastic wrap I finally saw it what I thought about it you know, I, I think yeah, be, I could definitely cool. do that because I, yeah. I would love for an excuse to finally just have, <laughs> get get motivated to unwrap yeah. some of these that I've had <laughs> force your hand yeah exactly because there's probably four or five within you know these hundreds of dvds that i've have plastic wrap on that i've never seen and some of them um what like one in particular i know actually two i can think of at the top of my head are um there's a reason i haven't watched them a good reason because it's from a different friend that he bought these for me and i keep them in the plastic wrap so when he comes over and sees them he's like oh you still haven't watched that one huh <laughs> it's just it's specifically to hurt his feelings when he comes over <laughs> <laughs> like he thinks he can buy me a movie that I will like that I haven't seen. Fuck you, How man! How dare him? <laughs> yeah, who the hell do you think you are? Exactly. I'm Ted Good. God damn it! He moved to California, and I still take pictures of it. And I'm like, another year's gone by, and I haven't watched that shit movie you bought me 12 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Which he, one of them is the maid? Have you seen that? Like it's a tartan like. Asian oh. horror. Oh no, oh. but I know which one you're talking about. Yep, it's I, still in the plastic wrap. That's that's I one of not. the two. 
There's a reason no one else has seen it because it's stupid, and he thought it would be a good gift for me, and he sucks at buying gifts. So you'll yeah. teach him. Yep, <laughs> you'll show him. Yep. So you're gifting yourself by torturing him by not watching it. Yep, not watching his gift to me is is my gift. It's your gift to yourself. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you're gonna get something out of this. <laughs> his morbid sense of amusement. Yes. I he bought it. me uh, last Christmas. He bought me a. a he, he's really bad at gifts, and he bought me a Twin Peaks shirt he got off Amazon. It's clearly like not a real Twin Peaks shirt. Someone right. like cut out, you know, a, like a heat transfer and put it on oh, a, a real shitty shirt. And he got me like the wrong size. So when he comes back to visit, I wear it just to embarrass him. It's like, <laughs> it, it's like it's like poorly pixelated, and he's like, "Stop wearing that! It's so embarrassing." I'm like, "I know, but you know, you got it for me as a gift, and I really want to show my appreciation." He's like, "Please, like, I will buy you a nice new one. Don't wear that." And I'm like, "Nope, wearing it just so everyone knows you spent money, and this was your gift to me. You shouldn't have given it to me." Ted Ted has full blown relationships with people based on spite alone. <laughs> yep. Wow. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Tad, if you ever get the urge to watch one of those movies that's still shrink wrapped, let me know. I have a shrink wrapping machine and I, we can re shrink wrap it for you. We have one at work, too. Yeah, let's hope we can do that. That's a good idea. But no, I, I, I would hate to uh, lie to him. I really want him to feel the, the misery of me like judging him for his, his bad movie choice. Right. <laughs> All right, should we move on yeah. from the movie collection? Yes. Okay. Uh, let's get into, like, action figures and toys. Oh, man, this next question is the question. Keeping it in the box or not? Oh, my gosh. And if you're 50-50 on it, what, what, how do you decide what to take out and what to keep in? <sighs> I don't even... I, I personally don't even know how to answer that, so... I know Tad has an answer. And I feel Larry's got a pretty good answer. Oh, yeah. And I feel like they're the same answer. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I will say, I will just come out and say my answer to, to whether you keep a toy in the box or not, it's a 3D sculpted action figure or toy. It's not, if, if you just want to look at it in the box, then buy a picture of it. You know, take a picture of it, look at a picture <laughs> of it, because it's three dimensional, <laughs> not two dimensional. So, let it breathe. Put it on your shelf. If you're buying it to, for value, then you're not a collector. You're just a, uh, I don't know, a flipper. Or, you know, you're, yeah. I don't know. That's how I feel. I, I feel the same way, except when the uh, the box art itself yeah. is is cool looking or yeah. nostalgic. Like, yeah, uh, I, I agree. The, my G.I. Joe collection. And the reason I haven't taken them out of the package is because the packages look awesome, and they remind me of when I was a kid when I used to open them. So I really did buy two of them from most of the <laughs> figures, so I can open one of them and keep one up. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much me too. Yeah, you bought this figure, open it up. If you don't, then you're yeah, you're just a, a flipper. You're not really yeah, a collector. But you're you're really saying that a collector isn't you can't buy it. For for the value of it, and, if I that's mean, your one, number one priority, then you're not you're not yeah. buying it because you're a fan. You're buying it because of the perceived value that someone else might pay for it. And and do these people actually ever sell them again? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like 
Blake. Oh yeah, Blake does a lot of flipping, doesn't he? Blake like survives on flipping, so fuck that guy. He tried to upsell me. He tried to upsell me. He bought something from my like the Target here in town that he knew I was looking for and tried to sell it to me for more money. I'm like, uh, no, you're gonna. I know exactly how much it costs with tax, and you're gonna give it to me for that, and that's not a question. In no, so that's you know, <laughs> I didn't. He, he he tried to, and I like laughed at him. Like, are you kidding? <laughs> Try to rip off your friend. Fuck you, man. <laughs> I'm totally on your side with the flipping, but my argument is. Well, and it's it's like what Larry said. If the box is cool, sometimes yeah. that box art is just as cool as the figure. Well, I keep like my I collect the reaction, like the Super Seven Funko reaction figures. Yeah, those yeah. things are ninety percent based on the packaging. So I keep those in yeah. the package because the packaging is the attraction. The figures are awful and ugly, but it's the nostalgia of the package with the toy together. It's a it's a total package. That's, that's a, a thing. Yeah, that's know? a great, that's a great example. Us. I think it also depends on how old the figure is as well. I mean, if we're talking about fairly new stuff, um, if, if you want to open... I, I don't open my, my Nikas, uh, but, if I have, but if I find one out in the wild that's, op- that's open, I'll, I'll buy it because, because it lo- looks cool and it displays great. But, I mean, for instance... I have a an original uh, Wolverine Secret Wars on card, and I am not fucking opening that thing. Oh, that would be cool, yeah. Uh, well, I got a Green Arrow Super uh, Superpowers on card, unpunched, and oh, there's no shit. way. I'm, there's no fucking way I'm opening that thing. No. Well, and I'm glad you brought up superpowers because I have a crap ton of my original superpowers toys, and. I hate displaying them because they've been played with and stuff, so they, they're they a pain in the ass to get to stand up anymore. Um, yeah. And even if they were perfectly mint, you know, uh, those things weren't made for display. They were made to be played with, so displaying them is a pain in the ass. It's the same thing with, like, my McFarlane uh, movie monster figures, movie maniac figures. Some of them just are pain they always fucking fall over and it pisses me off so sometimes it's also that if like i recognize something is going to display better in its box than it would be out of the box and space is also an issue too i can hang i can hang a carded figure on my wall i only have so much shelf space but the difference is though is that when you first bought that you weren't thinking oh my god i'm gonna flip this for a lot of money later on that's uh, no, and that's never a thing for me. No. no. So then, yeah, yeah, then you're a then you're a collector I, and you're a flipper. Yeah. yeah, I never, I never have any intention of of selling this down the road. I want to, I it, and even though it's it's not out of the box, I still am able to look upon my shelf and admire it and appreciate it, and you know, because it ta- sometimes it takes, you know, especially you know with like. Finding a Spider-Man Secret Wars on card, you know, it takes a little bit of time. Yeah, you know, they're 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 pretty scarce, and oh yeah, I just try to keep them as nice as I can, and you know, that, and I you know they're safe in there. You know, they're not going to fall or get chipped and fall, or if they fall off, you know, whether what they're being displayed in. I mean, the card might get messed up, but. And what's sort of funny about my collection is that the the toys that are worth the very 
least amount of money are like my small <laughs> my small collection of Funko Pops, and I keep them in the box because they stack on top of each other. Simply for storage, because I can put them in corners of the room and stack them up high, where I couldn't do that if they were out of the package. But um, I've never... That's a whole other thing, because I never intended to collect these. I never really wanted them. They've all been given to me. So... uh, I think everybody's pop collection starts that way. It's like, I I wasn't ever going to collect this stuff. Yeah, and I'm pretty restrained and pretty good about not buying them. Yeah. Yeah, Jason fell down that well big time. God damn it, hard. Yeah. I'm pissed about it. I mean, I love it now, but I'm pissed about it. I'm happy about it. Shut up. <laughs> well, yeah, I was, I'm was. i one of them 50-50ers on toys. And, yeah, yeah, the list I have for, I wrote Depends. And so my, and we've we've kind of went over the, the three reasons I've got here, you know, like, yes, if the packaging is extra cool, you know, then that's a reason to leave it in the box. Or, like or Andy said, with the value, if it's just straight up worth, I mean, to you, and, I mean, its value is going to be that much better being in the package than leave it in the package. And then you sort of said space, but I was I, I was kind of throwing that in with, with the display of it. Like, yeah. yeah, I like, I prefer all my Transformers in robot mode on shelves, but then I started, you know, I got a really small fucking room, and I started putting the bubble packs on a thumbtack on the wall, and I could get so many more on there that exactly. I could ever put on a shelf, yeah. and it looks fucking cool that way, I think. Yeah. I'll, Agreed. Know. Agreed. You know, a lot of it's like the overall display of everything, too. Yeah. yeah. Would I prefer them yeah. out of the bo- packages? Yes, but maybe maybe you guys can help me like get over this or not. I I, I can't. Maybe it's is the hoarder side of me, but all of the toys transformers that I have taken out of my packages, I still keep the boxes. Am That's I, fine. Am I yeah. a bad person? Because no, I have no no no. Because I have I not. I, uh, that it's in my list of weirdest weirdest things we collect i have boxes of boxes like i have giant boxes filled with empty boxes i have a small storage unit space worth of boxes of empty boxes and and that i'll move with me everywhere but i'm like it's just like do i really am am, are they ever going to go back in the why am i saving these boxes I don't really know because I'm not going to ever sell them again. I guess maybe if and I, you don't display them, not the boxes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, maybe in my head, if I die, then they can go. We can have the box, and my kids can then sell them for more because they have the box. I don't. That's the only. I don't know any. Wait, you're not getting buried with them? Well, it's a. I don't <laughs> trust me. There's no. You'd have to just dig a big hole and push me all in it. With all this stuff. <laughs> I'm getting cremated with all mine. Nice. That's probably the best Melt me way. into like a big plastic ball and <laughs> of ashes. <laughs> I, I used to save uh, boxes when I lived with my mom and I had like her house is much bigger than my current house. And uh, she had this huge walk-in closet that was mine for clothes, but I didn't have a lot of clothes. So I used it for toy boxes. And then 
after I moved out, I sort of just left them there. And one summer she was like, you got to either take them to your house or <laughs> throw them away. And they went to the trash and I thought, you know, they've been sitting in that closet for 10 years and I've never once pulled, wondered, oh man, I wish I had that box. I need to go right. pull it out of there. So I know I never will either. My brother, uh, Spooty, he also collects Transformers, and I feel like he's got a good compromise. I don't know that I could do it for my OCD reasons, but like all bubble pack, uh, bubble card things, he threw the plastic part away, kept the card. You know, you can take it off the best you can and preserve most of the artwork. So that cuts your space down a lot. And for anything with a box, throw the plastic away, break open the box so that it comes flat like it probably would in a factory you know so he still has the box slash artwork but none of the plastic part that really takes up the space i don't know if i could do it what, what about weirdo accessories and in particular with transformers i mean i know a lot of these newer lines of transformers come with a trading card right i know i know he probably has all <laughs> them in a box somewhere too what do you do what mine stay in the box? Those ones are the ones that stay in boxes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because even with Simon, like obviously all of Simon's stuff comes out of the box. Right. But he's got his nice little Transformer collection that's growing. I know. I think about picking and up his cards and just like taking them, hoarding them, because I, I know they're just gonna get. I know. I like that. It's the cards that bother me. So I actually started putting them in like those those card binders, and I'm putting them, trying to find them all, uh, is one thing. Oh, and make a little poster out of it. And then yeah, uh -huh. I got them plastered up on the wall. Like I've got my Savini Grand Illusion cards up on the wall. Over but like there. I'm watching Ted's unboxing videos. Let's take the Chucky one for example. Like there's extra shit in those, and if if you like, you're forced to keep the box that way. Yeah, I do have the box for that. <laughs> to uh, hold them but for, i have you know tons of old mcfarland figures before neca even became a big thing and yep. they had a ton of accessories they used to come with little pieces i mean they he used yep. to sell accessory sets that you could buy on the side and oh, cool. uh i would literally just like take ziploc bags and fill them and keep those in you know uh in like a little in like a shoe box or something i have like a a big plastic tote that has a lot of loose figures or uh, just action figure accessories, extra heads and weapons, and you know some of the some of the extra heads now I display with the figure like at their feet or uh, yeah. NECA's come out with a these little clear plastic stands that you can display extra heads on, which is cool. Yeah, I need stuff like that because those those are the figures that bug the shit out of me. I've got I think it's the NECA Chop Top. I've got that one and immediately took it out of the package. And I don't, again, not regretting it, but, like, instantly I was like, oh, maybe I should have kept it in the package. Because <laughs> only because it comes with an extra head and a couple extra set of hands. What do I do with those? Yeah. It already has a head. It already has hands. Is it the, the Mezco one that has, the like, the sunny head and then the regular head? Oh, and... was it Mezco? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I think one. I bought, I think what's crazy is I think I bought one from your store before I knew you. Oh, probably. Yeah, <laughs> it came. It came with. Uh, it came with like the the nubbin dead body. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it comes with, like a coat hanger hand and a regular hand yeah. and like a. Oh, yep. cool. So the shelf that I have him on, I hide the extra head and extra hands underneath the nubbin's corpse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of nice because it kind of props him up a little bit. 
Yeah. <laughs> Lately, I've come across this dilemma, and I want I want to buy this figure, but I'm on the fence about opening him, whether or not. And it's the Fog Captain uh, Blake, Blake figure. You gotta I mean, open it because he has glowing eyes. Ex- exactly. You know, and normally I I wouldn't because I think that the the case is actually kind of cool too, but. Yeah, so I need to decide what I want to do, whether, you know, because I want to open him and see his glowing eyes, but I don't know. I'm on the, and, I'm on the fence. I'll probably open him if I do. Yeah, because those, those things are sort of on the line of uh, the reaction figures where they have the retro-style Mego packaging. Yeah. Um, but I think, if I'm not mistaken, I, I think they started making them so you could pop them open without cutting them open now, right? Oh. I'm, they I'm might. Not- they might have. If they were smart, they would do that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a weird battle. Um, that, that's, a whole <laughs> other, that, that's a whole that's a whole other discussion because then you know you could ask, well, how do you organize your action figures like your movies? You know, do you put them yep. by brand? You know, I, obviously, I think we sort of go by franchise. But I I have some that are like, like I, I'm looking now and I have a shelf that's. Um, Tim Burton, or I have a shelf that's just clowns, or I have one that's heroes. I have, like, you know, McCready and Ripley from Alien on a shelf, you know, and uh, sometimes I don't have a show, I don't have enough characters to make a whole shelf based on a movie, so you have to sort of mix franchises, so that that could be a whole other discussion, but... Yeah, if you're okay with that, and live with yourself, you could, <laughs> I guess. My... My my method is uh, I keep the the franchises together, but the only um, the only line that I keep together is uh, my McFarlane uh, movie maniacs. I, yeah. I keep the I keep those all together, and then all the figures kind of just go to their specific franchises. And then there's kind of like a hodgepodge shelf where there's like you know Terminator, Mad Max. Uh, I don't have enough predators yet, but I'm working on that. So I'll probably end up getting my own predator shelf. So, so you say that you organize by franchise, not by toy line. All, all except for um, the McFarlane line. I, mm-hmm. I kept those together for some reason because they just uh, it fit together on kind of one shelf. And interesting. Uh, and, <laughs> My, mine are all alphabetical. It's I knew it. Simple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Larry, what about you? How do you organize yours? Uh, I organize them by uh, by scale and by uh, different franchises. Like I have Marvel Universe, my three and three fourth inch Marvel Universe figures all together. Mm. Uh, my okay. three and three fourth inch GI Joe good guys are on one shelf. The bad guys are on the other shelf. Uh, then I have a sexy lady shelf with statues, and then I have a predator and alien shelf, and then other sexy lady shelves, and then Marvel Legends shelf, then Transformer bad guys, uh, Transformer, uh, just with Starscream, uh, then I have the, uh, Tortured Souls and Movie Maniacs on a shelf also, along with the larger uh, reincarnations of the Tortured Souls uh, franchise. And you, you looking for any of those? What's that? You looking for any more of those? I have some in the closet somewhere. 
Uh, you know, I'm, I have the ones I like. So okay. I would say yeah. we're, let's turn this into a buy, sell, and trade uh, <laughs> podcast. Hey man, I, like I said before, you guys like VHS tapes. I got I got some good ones here. So yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> My question is: Do you separate the good, sexy ladies from the bad, sexy ladies? Of course, I can't kind of think they're one and the same. Uh, there are no bad, sexy ladies. <laughs> Well, good in a bad way, right? Or yeah, bad in a good way. Exactly. It all <laughs> depends on how you say it. But yeah, that's um, that's pretty much it. I, I like sexy ladies and, and action figure form and, and all forms. So yeah, and then I just have other shelves too where I can't don't have enough of something, so I just kind of put a bunch of different things into one. And and I'm also starting to rearrange everything again uh which is going to be i'm going to move all my statues from my top shelf to a totally different shelf now which can better display them so um it's probably going to tear everything down pretty soon <laughs> start over <laughs> and while you're doing that are you going to clean them because that's what i do anytime i move something it gets cleaned yeah i'm going to buy different tools i have alcohol then i'm gonna get the spray can and i'm going to just um clean them up really well and then just redisplay them the best way I can to where it can uh, well, slip the best you know. gotta have a duster gotta times. have them clean man no one likes a dusty stormtrooper yeah <laughs> that's how they get yellow and yeah, with the sunlight and everything you gotta keep uh, clean yeah. peroxide and UV light yep <laughs> hmm. I was gonna say I think my toys are organized by toy line like, well, within Transformers, they're all by that toys line. Like, the animated's all together, G1's yeah. all together. <clears throat> Not, I, and then, I only have one real kind of breakout for Transformers. I have my my boy, Starscream. You know, I kind of... You can have my weekends. <laughs> okay. And, uh, <laughs> fair enough. And... But, like, I'm thinking of my other toys. They're kind of grouped by, like, the pops are all together. I've I've somehow started collecting plushies, horror plushies, and so they're kind of together. But, yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. pissed. It's, uh, I, I wasn't even gonna... I gave up. So, uh, back story, just because... Just um, Larry doesn't know, but Mike and I used to have we 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 started our own retail shop called Insane's Asylum, where it was all horror movies memorabilia, mm-hmm. and nice. it lasted for a couple years. And it was probably the coolest store ever. Ever, Tad, <laughs> Tad, That's where I met Tad for the first time as a secret shopper, and um, it was great. We've met a ton of friends yeah. through that store. Lifelong awesome. friends to this day because of that store. And, uh, uh, sadly, the majority of the initial stock was Mike and I giving up our goods. Aww. So it was, on one hand, yes, it was hard to start that way, but, you know, at the same time, we got to get rid of some junk, you know, some house cleaning like Tad would do. he just, well, let's put the shitty ones on the shelf and get some money and then get some cool stuff. And then, but at the same time... We lost a lot of good stuff that way, and it's... I feel like you, I mean, other than 
I gave up. VHS remorse. Um, I think you have more more remorse lost than I do. I feel like majority of the stuff that I said uh, that I lost from the store, I probably have replaced by now. Yeah. Well, my biggest hit uh, was in the action figure area. Oh yeah, because I had you a, had. I used to have a lot. You know, I had all the McFarlands. You I had did the a, movie maniacs, and you yeah, gave I had all yours all. up. I wouldn't give up mine, <laughs> and I put them all in there, and they all went. Yeah, you know, and I think I felt like you lost more movies than I did. That was definitely my biggest more. thing was was loss of films, but I think I've replaced the majority of them. And so sadly, after closing the store, and I was free of most all. I mean, all of my action figures. I was like, well, that was a nice time of my life, and I think I'm done with action figures. I'll put my, my, uh, <laughs> I'll put yeah, my. Right. Well, I really did for years and you years did, and actually. years until that motherfucking Tad Good. <laughs> I'll let me tell you, <laughs> it was one year ago, and I'm on tour with my band, and a fucking breakdown in his town, and I have to go stay at his house for a day or two. I have to because he's such an <laughs> asshole and let me stay there for free and put up the whole band and was an awesome guy. <laughs> what a prick for doing uh, that. I made, you bring, made you put all of your fucking band equipment in my basement. Yeah, such a <laughs> jerk. And then, but God damn it. I, like, maybe someday the five of us can all take a trip to each of our houses because... I got to Tad's house, and I'd seen his movie room in his videos, but you don't know. You don't, you can't grasp, you can't even <laughs> comprehend the concept of how much fucking action figure shit Tad has in his house. You just, your mind cannot fathom. And when I got there, I was just, it was, it was heaven. It was crazy, and it was awesome, and inspiring, and that son of a bitch it's got me collecting goddamn action figures again. I swear I wasn't gonna. And I'm pissed about it, Tad. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'll I'll snap a few pictures for you guys tonight, you know. Yeah, if, I'm I'm hoping want. we all can send each send a bunch of pictures and we'll post them on the Facebook page and stuff. But how many action figures in total do all you guys think you have? Ooh. I don't have I wrote, as big a collection as I used to. I used to do a lot more um, superhero superhero action figures, and I rem- and Jason remembers our old PF house back in the day before I was married. Like the living room was wall to wall action figures, and that went bled into another room. And you know, I had all of the Batman animated series action figures, and I got rid of. All of that shit, except for some core stuff. Um, and then, so, I don't, I, yeah, I feel like I'm slowly rebuilding action figures, but I'm really mm. slow at it. Because if it came down to, do I buy an action figure, or do I buy a Blu-ray, I'd probably buy the Blu-ray. So. Yeah. <clears throat> I did a quick count of my stuff. I have, I know I have over a thousand Transformers. I don't have an actual count on that. I, uh... I just have my display, which, you know, I'll I'll post pictures of just my one wall, and they're just my favorite. I know I have boxes and boxes, boxes in storage, but I know I'm over a 1,000. And uh, 
Blu-rays, because I have my app, I can tell you that I have 1,068 movies. <laughs> even, even though I promised I was going to quit buying, buying movies after I got to 1,000, that didn't work. <laughs> and I went from zero to 45 fucking pops since I've been to Tad's house. <laughs> In a year! God, God In a year! Wow. I'm pissed. <laughs> At least I've told myself only horror pops. That's it. Only horror. And I stayed to it. God damn it. I didn't know there was going to be that many when I said it. Anyway, that's some numbers I got. What about you guys? Oh, man. Um, Jesus. Between original, uh, well, three and three quarter inch G.I. Joes, original Kenner Star Wars, Superpowers, Secret Wars, uh, Rocky Remco's, uh, holy shit, uh, Masters of the Universe, uh, guys, I don't know, uh, uh, say a number, I'd say, uh, with, with, with everything all together, I'm gonna, it's, it's, I'd say it's over a thousand, definitely, uh, just every everything collective collectively. I mean, just you know, I I gotta count Mego, Dukes of Hazard. Uh, I I have a Dukes of Hazard shelf. Oh uh, wow. Jesus! I, I have a yeah. I had I I I, I dude. I, I'm basically from the sticks, man. I mean, I, you know, I grew up on a, <laughs> I grew up on a farm, you know, like every, every weekend from the time I was, I could walk until I was like about 10 years old, you know, cause you know, we, we'd go out to my grandpa's farm, you know, and every time, you know, we would, you know, go over like a bump on a country road, I'd be yelling yeehaw. I'm like, like, shut up. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I mean, there's, there's generally, you know, I'm not, I'm not like, you know, some, you know, the South will rise again, you know, I'm not like that at all, but you know, there's, there's like, you know, I got an old school Dukes of Hazard trash can, you know, upstairs in, in my writing room. So, so you can uh, throw your Dukes of Hazard shit in it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's just, that's just hateful that they, they were, they were, they were never meaning no harm. <laughs> but i honestly guys i don't know uh and and there's we've got like some bigger stuff in here uh you know you got like you know, the life-size gremlins don't you yeah we've got i've got two we've got the life-size regular gremlin we got the life-size stripe which i bought for danielle for well when i proposed to her it was in my our engagement gremlin and uh <laughs> Danielle bought the uh, Flasher Gremlin. I'm looking at him right now, and I've got like a I've got like a two foot ET in my office right now. <laughs> so, and 130 some fucking lunch boxes. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Around 130. That that's that's a good guess. You know, uh, I wrote some of them down that were some of my favorites. Uh, you know, I've got Land of the Giants with the thermos, Charlie's <coughs> Angels, Kung Fu, Indiana Jones, my Welcome Back Carter one, I absolutely love. Awesome. Uh, Clash of the Titans, Knight Rider. I mean, I I got the Star Wars trilogy, uh, and I can take pictures of that. Pro- probably, preferably not at night because light the, the light's not so good. But yeah, it's 
it's it's really really hard to say. Uh, <laughs> I got I mean so, some of the highlights. I do have a Return of the Jedi uh, speeder bike uh, toy that's still in the box. It's still sealed. Oh, wow. Um. Uh, and I do want to talk about this just be just because I want to rub it in Mike's face. Uh, the, my Vincent Price shrunken head apple sculpture playset. It only has two perforations taken out. And uh, Mike, Mike is, you know, buying a grappling hook right now so he can sneak and take it away from me. And hell yeah! <laughs> uh, my my phantasm. Uh, another another thing that I absolutely love is my phantasm three uh, clock with the uh, the sphere. Uh, the Ooh. the blades of the spear are the clock hands. The oh, Lord of the Dead phantasm. Yeah, I used. Don't to, you have one of those? I used to have one I, of those. Yeah. I I do have one. Yeah. I I had it up until maybe a couple years ago. It fell off the wall oh. and it's just oh. and it shattered. I was oh so my god! Upset. That's awful. And I still kept it for another couple months. I'm like, why am I? <laughs> cute? This is all in pieces. It's Awful! I'm just throwing it away. What, um, Larry? How many action figures do you have? I'm gonna say about three thousand. Holy shit! That's a lot. Yeah. In that one room that you showed us. Yes. Holy. Uh, I didn't show you the chest I have in here. I didn't show you underneath any of these uh, <laughs> uh, these uh, shelves and everything. Uh, yeah, and yeah, there's just a lot. I've been collecting for a long time, and I kept a good amount of stuff from my childhood too. Good for you. <clears throat> That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had to put a lot of my GI Joes back together. Because the the rubber band snapped. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, so I, eBay, you I, can I, easily go and get those rings now and just yeah, just yeah. Totally undo that screw unless you know you played with them in the bathtub too much. Then you know that screw would kind of rust. And you can never yeah. open it back up again. Yeah, and no then you know you did the twist <laughs> action. You you want to do like a tornado punch or something and just wear the rubber band out. <laughs> Three thousand. <laughs> that sounds nice. Yeah, man. It, it might even be more. I'm not sure, but it, it's it's a lot. Like I, I can't display all of them, even you know, or, or I'd have to just build some more shelves and get rid of some of these posters that I really like. But yeah, uh, to make myself feel better, that's probably how many movies I have. Yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> probably close to that. I know you're over two. Um, I'm over two because, and that was five years ago. Yep. So, so God, it's it's got to be over three by now. So Especially really if I'm counting problem putting them all in one spot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I've got at least eighteen hundred combined formats of everything. Nice. I think it's time to count again. Yeah. I'll have to take a week off from work. <laughs> <laughs> Tad, how many freaking action figures you got? I don't know. I probably just a couple hundred. Um, I started sort of looking at my shelves and thinking, well, you know, there's about five, five per shelf, and then I'm trying to like sort of do the numbers, and I'm realizing that I have them 
you know, hanging from the sides of each shelf to, and then on the very top across, across the top of every shelf. And then I remembered that I have the living room yep. and the office room. And now I'm starting to put stuff in like our dining room and above the fireplace. So, uh, uh-huh. I would say a couple hundred. I also have some totes of, of old stuff. And then, uh, we won't mention the, the closet in the uh, spare bedroom <laughs> that my wife hasn't even looked in that she would probably flip if she looked in there where I have stuff. But, uh, yeah, I would, I don't have thousands of them. I just have, uh, probably i would say three to four hundred probably but the thing i want to say about i'm not that i'm trying to defend you or anything but like and nothing against uh larry's collection because it's amazing Amazing. to see his but like there's something special about tad's is that like i think he has a his is displayed with an artist's brain like you can tell that tad has an art background uh, just from the aesthetics of how he displays them in his movie room and the other rooms, the way he puts his collections together, like I think he does more with less than most collections I've seen. Which again, I found really damn inspiring. You know, it's uh, that's one of the things I love about Tad's collection, just because it's the one I've seen in person. But which is important. well, I also I also think. Um that's like another part of that argument of open versus um, keeping in the package is yep. that like all of my figures have, you know, I've, I go through and I make sure they're posed and every once in a while I go through and I will change their pose because I get sick of seeing them in the same position and I'll switch out a head or I'll, I'll put a different weapon in their hand. Cause like, you know, for instance, like these uh, NECA evil dead two figures, you know, they have like a dead eye, ash head or a regular ash head or you know from army darkness like the stretched out ash head versus the regular one i get bored seeing the regular ones i'll switch it to the stretched out one or you know stuff like that it's like you know or i put like i said i switch up their poses so that they're uh a little more dynamic i'd say but you know it's i don't know i mine i probably would uh have more if i had more room when i started collecting (laughs) it was actually sort of like buy what I f- could find cheap necessarily. And now I buy, I'm much more selective on buying what I really, really like. And I've gotten rid of all, a lot of that stuff. I, when I first started it, like McFarlane was King and I bought like almost anything he came out with. And I bought a lot of like spawn figures, even though I wasn't a big spawn fan because the sculpts were awesome, but I decided to get out of that, got rid of those. Um, even sort of like the movies, uh, when NECA came around and started making their cult classic line, I felt like I could take down some of my movie maniacs because, you know, NECA one up them and did a better job. So I, huh. you know, no longer display. Um, I almost have, oh, I probably have a few, but almost no movie maniacs, especially the early stuff. I have them, but they're in a closet, not on display because... They look, to me, they look inferior to what NECA's done. Yeah. You oh, know? That's, yeah, that's very true. And just qual- quality, too. Those, those early McFarland stuff is, you know, compared and, to the stuff we see today, it's garbage. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, but, you know, not to take anything God, away from it, because yeah, I feel like he kind of... Because yeah. he wouldn't have this stuff if it wasn't for those, you know, and I, I love them, <clears> and I still have them, and that's where it all started for me, but... um yeah, you look at like their 
Jason and their Freddy compared to what, you know, NECA's putting out these ultimate figures, you know, of course now they're twice as expensive and, you know, twice as <laughs> fragile, but, uh, and, and in some aspects, I like some of the older stuff. I'm not a fan of what NECA's doing with their articulation lately with the, uh, the like crotches on these things. They look like they're wearing diapers. I hate that. You know, I'm not, I, I don't need like a hundred points of articulation on, on, a. You know, Fred or on Jason Voorhees, he has like two poses: a knife up above his head, or one inside <laughs> someone's body. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, it, I sort of like, like I said, it's sort of like the same thing of uh, when you get a Blu-ray, you put I put the DVD away. If I get a better version of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street version one you know the original version of freddy like i did when NECA did one i put away the movie maniacs one yeah my two biggest complaints from that movie maniacs line is the jason considering he's my favorite character is like the worst looking figure that whole set because the others at least for the most part they look like they're trying to recreate from that specific film that looks like no Jason from any fucking <laughs> right. He's like he's like movie. the worst hits of all the different Jasons. He's got yeah. like the from hell head. He's got yeah, he's he's just sort of a mixture of several. And my other one that I hate is my Norman Bates psycho one. Because oh. he will mm. and he he's the argument of keeping it in the package because he He doesn't stand. It, he does not, not stand, stand for shit. And that is a complaint <laughs> I had because I used to collect all those early Spawn figures too, and like you know the cool Spawn with the sweet ass plastic cape, the giant cape, and it had like the the ru- rubber chains on either side. Yeah, the, the yeah, chains like he was falling down. They yeah. would always fall off. The cape would never stay on, and he was a bitch to keep standing. So, <clears throat> I I do feel like I need to ask this: um, if anybody has a McFarland Patrick Bateman. I want it. The call is out. Yes. I do not. Wait. Me neither. Wait, wait. McFarland, I don't think McFarland released one. I thought it was just um, NECA that did an early... Yeah. Was it, was it NECA? Yeah, it was yeah. NECA. I have the 7-inch and the 18-inch one. <laughs> oh, wow. <clears throat> the 18-inch one sits on my desk, and he he's like right above my desk where I work, so it's like perfect... Oh my gosh, that's awesome! I had one and I gave it to my wife Jessalyn, and because she loves she loves Christian Bale like all the way from Newsies loves Christian Bale, um, so I gave it to her and then she gave it to a friend and now it's gone forever. Oh, well, that doesn't this none of this helps me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm just like. I'm just absolutely happy and elated that I uh, have one thing that you don't have that you sort right. of want. <laughs> yeah, that does make a collector yeah. feel pretty good, doesn't it? <laughs> like, how about that, Mr. 600 Lunchboxes? <laughs> <laughs> so what? what is the weirdest thing in your collection, or what is the weirdest thing you collect? I'm going to start. Um, the weirdest <laughs> thing that I collect would have to be, and it, it's also for where it's displayed, but I collect Aquaman stuff, anything yeah. Aquaman, because my downstairs bathroom is is all designed as the Aquaman bathroom. 
mm-hmm. and it's fucking awesome. <laughs> I I did see a clip of that. That was pretty cool. I um I I've been meaning to uh, ask you. I'll I'll talk to you later about this, but I may have something that you might might want that's Aquaman related. Yeah, but here's the thing about his fucking Aquaman bathroom. I don't think he's bought one thing that's in there. <laughs> that's almost the whole thing that's started, almost true. The whole Aquaman fetish started as a joke. Well, it started, well, one, yes, I've always been an Aquaman fan. I've always been an Aquaman defender. Absolutely. Um, I will latch on, I will latch on to the lamest superheroes Uh and, 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 and defend them (laughs) till my dying breath. Um, but Aquaman's not lame. Um, but it also started with like my divorce because my, um, my wife, when we were still married, painted the downstairs bathroom this ugly ass shade of green that i i hated it i hated it to my core and i got i got to keep the house after the divorce i got to keep or you know was cursed with it one of the two um and i'm like what am i gonna do with this ugly ass green bathroom and i'm like you know what would look cool in here orange towels so it started with orange towels, and I'm like, orange and green, what is that? That's Aquaman. So I decided from that moment on, it's going to be the Aquaman bathroom. So I put, like, you know, um, a fishing net up on the slanted wall of the bathroom, um, put a few comic books that I have for my personal collection in frames up in there, the few action figures I previously already had. But then it's yeah. Then it became a thing where Snow people ball. would be buy me Aquaman stuff once, for the once Aquaman. Once you saw bathroom. the Aquaman bathroom, then you wanted to contribute to the Aquaman bathroom, and and all my toy capades, <laughs> I still like if I come across an Aquaman, I'm like I better get it for the bathroom. Need <laughs> more. And then we made a we made a pact not to do any new the new Aquaman movie. Yeah. We weren't going to buy anything. Because it's all about the orange and green. Right. But then I made the mistake of telling Tina mm-hmm. that we weren't going to do that. So now she goes out and gets the movie line stuff. She specifically buys me I movie think, line Aquaman. Yeah, just to get you. <laughs> well, luckily when we moved into our house, the, the uh, bathroom was painted orange, so... I've put a Halloween 2 poster in there. I have a Conan O'Brien poster. Like, I had a lot of sort of orange stuff that wouldn't match other places in the house, so they go in there. Yeah, but I, I, love, that, I love your bathroom for your artist's eye because it's so color-coordinated in there. It makes me happy and feel good. Well, thank you. It's nice. I appreciate it. I'm trying to think of the weird shit that what what people would consider weird other other well some people could would consider all the horror stuff that we collect weird <laughs> anyway yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah what do you got well mine is miss piggy i uh, collect Whoa. miss piggy action figures huh yeah i've been in love with miss piggy since i was like <laughs> two <Well>. and that's <laughs> why because you love her so much yeah, dude, she's badass. <laughs> she's, always, she's always so hard on Kermit. Come on, look at Kermit, man. Be a, you know, I would say, I would say it's the other way around. Kermit's been playing, you know, playing playing her for years. She's been nothing but 
you know, oh. forward to him, and he's just been, you know, pussyfooting around. Just do it, man. <laughs> <laughs> so what all Miss Piggy stuff do you got? Just everything? Uh, I have a few stuffed dolls and uh, have a mini mates. Miss Piggy, then just some uh, random action figures that came out during like the late nineties or early two thousands. I had like <laughs> when I was a kid, I had like two sets of sheets, and one was like uh, Kermit taking pictures of like Miss Piggy in like various costumes and shit, <laughs> and then I had another one that was like a uh, Disco Snoopy. And he's dressed up like John Travolta, and he's doing like that <laughs> finger finger point pose and shit. And it said Saturday Night Beagle. <laughs> <laughs> they were like my favorite sheets too. The Saturday Night Beagle. <laughs> Little off subject, but the, it just it kind of reminded me of that. As as for uh, the weird sh- stuff that's in our house, that's kind of weird, uh, and it's kind of danielle and i it's both of our thing but uh we collect uh smoky the bear stuff you know hmm. don't you know only you can prevent forest fires i have uh, uh i actually have a uh, pin on my hat that i wear out it's it, and it's it's a smoky the bear pin but only it says only you can go fuck yourself <laughs> 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 But yeah, it's we've got some action figures, and he's uh, holding the shovel, and we've got some we've got some more uh, pins and advertisements, and uh, that would be some of the one of the more obscure things that we have in the house. That's you know not really super pop culturey, but it's got its own little niche. Ted, um. I don't know. It's tough because to me, it's like all pretty normal. Um, I guess being in the house with my wife, she has some weird stuff that people wouldn't expect when they come over because she's like, she collects I Love Lucy stuff, but that's not my collection. So I wouldn't put that. But I know you have part of your collection that's influenced by her that wouldn't normally be in yours. What, you mean like the Harry Potter? Yeah. Harry Potter stuff? Yeah. We have a big, like. When we started dating, she saw my figure collection and wasn't like, oh, my God, you're a nerd. She was like, oh, do they make these for things I like? And she got me into the <laughs> Harry Potter stuff, and therefore she started collecting the NECA Harry Potter line. And she got all of them but one. And, of course, that drove me fucking nuts because right. she had every single, every variation. I cannot every stand single, yeah, every version of Harry, whether he was wearing a different sweater, a different, you know, they made a million different Harrys. She bought all those, but there was one character she didn't buy, and she was like, you know, stick and buy it because he wasn't an important character in the books, and he was a very small character in the movies. But it drove me nuts, so I bought it on eBay, took it out of the package, put it in her collection. She didn't notice for a year and a half <laughs> uh, <laughs> until, until Blake, like, actually, like, walked up to it and showed her like hey tad bought this for you a year and a half ago and you never noticed but um i guess <laughs> some other other stuff that i collect i collect a lot of artwork um i have a lot of screen prints that aren't necessarily movie related i collect like mm. shepherd fairies artwork political um influenced artwork uh, i collect st- a lot of stickers screen printed artist stickers i like that kind of stuff i collect a lot of books i don't know if that's a thing like 
that's not. I guess that's not really weird. Um, what kind of I just books? Have, oh, um, that can I make like, it weird. No, that's not really. That's oh. not really weird. I like those. Make I love like the making of type books that are like the art of. Um, I have one that's like the art of Paranorman, the art of you know Frankenweenie, the art of they they there's it's like a new thing now where they make a book about every movie that comes out, which I I love those. Got a big um, trouble in Little China one of that that yeah. I was yeah. interested in. Yeah, those are awesome. Get that one if you don't have it because it's great. Cool. Um, I, I like to collect old, weird promotional stuff for films, but I, you guys probably don't think that's weird, like old buttons and stickers. Oh yeah. You know, I I at like a tag sale, I found a box of just random. This is weirdness. It's like it's called a tag sale, but it's basically like a garage sale for someone who died or something. And uh, they had this, like, box that had Cobra. You know, the movie was Stallone. They had a bunch of Cobra and Child's Play 2 bumper stickers, promotional stickers oh, in, in awesome. a box. I bought the, I bought, I just bought the whole box because they were like, I don't know, what, what, what do you want to give me for these? I'm like, can I just buy this box and dig through it later? And they let me just buy the box for, like, five bucks. And uh, <laughs> just had a lot. Nice. I, had, I, had I had a Hitcher, the Hitcher trailer on film, like a film reel. That was weird. Oh, that was cool. There. Sweet. Yeah, I have no idea where this little box came from. I'd like to know the history, but um, I, I like to collect little odds and ends like that. Um, weird, like '80s trading cards. Um, you know, oh yeah, stuff that I just if I'm at like a and I'm sure you guys do the exact same thing. If you're at a flea market or a, oh. any type of thing, and you find something pop culturey that's interesting, it doesn't necessarily fit with your collection. You still buy it because it's like a dollar. Yep, guilty as charged. Yeah, so I guess that would be my biggest. I'm trying to think of anything else in my house that I have. I, I sort of have a big uh, collection of sunglasses that I didn't mean to acquire, but <laughs> I, I really like buying. I like buying sunglasses, so I have a pair for like every outfit. Um, have a shit ton of socks. I really like themed socks. I, I have to match my socks to my outfit every day, and they sort of go by my mood. So oh, that's how we can tell. Yeah, yeah. If I'm feeling, you know, like like today's Tuesday, I knew I was just gonna go to work, then come over and and record, so I didn't have to put on any fancy socks. I just sort of uh, uh. went went plain tonight, you know. I was <laughs> able to. I I came across. I was in a thrift store uh, years back, and I think I bought every single uh, book that they had there on this subject, and it was the. Uh, and I haven't read a single word of these books, but I bought them just for the artwork themselves. And it was all these old uh, Conan pulp novels. But the reason I bought them is because on the front page, it had that classic Frank Frazetta artwork on the Ooh. front. Yeah. So I bought, I bought like 10 of these damn things. Conan the Destroyer, Conan the Usurper, Conan the Conqueror. I just I bought them all. And every now and then I pull them off the shelf and I was just like, yeah, this was well worth you know paying 25 cents a piece because it's just the artwork is so beautiful. Yeah, our, our library does a book sale like quarterly and they try to get rid of books that haven't been checked out for a long time. And last one I went to... They just had this humongous section of Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Uh, oh, yeah. And it was like, you know, Alfred Hitchcock's stories to don't read in the dark or Alfred Hitchcock. It, it, they had to keep getting more and more ridiculous as they came out with more um, books. But, yeah, I, I was like, 
these are dirt cheap and I love them. I don't know when or if I'll get to reading them, but you know, they look, I love the, the art on them. The spines are all badass and they're all really old books. So I, you know, bought them all. I have a large collection of, um, Fangoria magazines from a guy who died years ago. That's sort of weird. <laughs> I, I bought them from his mom who was selling all his possession, like all of his stuff after he died. Uh, hmm. how much were they uh she sold them by like she started selling them by the year and then after visiting her several times she just started giving them to me and then she was giving me stuff i didn't even want but i felt bad not <laughs> taking it so that's she's like just Dark take oh, this uh, yeah so uh i have i don't even remember i think i was paying like five bucks for like a year's worth at a time oh wow and that's he had deal. like yeah, he he had like everything up until he died. I think in like the early two thousands, maybe. So, the fir- the the good early run of them, I I just bought everything that she had, and they're all in bags and they're in really good condition. Nice. Yeah, it's the same lady that I bought the you know Friday the Thirteenth uh, like mask from the set. That I did a I did a Patreon exclusive video so. All of you Patreon supporters have seen it. The mask from Part Six. What's that? Yeah, from Jason Lives. Oh, so you got a mask? Wow. Yeah, that's that's a sort of weird story in general because, like, I ran into this lady. I bought some of her stuff, and then she had these magazines. I bought them, and she was telling me, "Oh, you know, my son did special effects stuff." So his name's on all the magazines. He had a subscription, so they were actually on every magazine. So I, you know, of course, Googled his name, and it was on IMDb that he worked on Friday Thirteenth Part Six. And then that's when you know later on she she's like, oh, he had this mask in his collection, but I don't know uh, the history on it, and sold it to me, and found out through several collectors and hardcore. Uh, Friday the 13th aficionados that it was probably just an unused uh, mask that they made for the movie, just never made it to screen. So, mm-hmm. I was going to say, I mean, you guys have probably heard about the Friday the 13th uh, Props Museum book coming out? No. Uh, yeah, it's, it's quite <clears throat> expensive. The book is about $100, and I don't know if it's worth that, but supposedly that's... Uh, it's it's got a lot of this, you know. We're talking clothes, machetes, uh, just this this whole. Th- it's on Facebook. Uh, just look up the Friday the Thirteenth Prop Museum, and you should be able to get a link to get look uh, get a good look at the book. Uh, it's it's sold over. It's it's coming from overseas. I think this guy from the UK has all this stuff, but, uh, I mean, it's, it's very interesting, but I was, I just don't think it's worth that much damn money, you know, for a picture book. Yeah. Well, I don't think that I really collect anything weird unto itself, but within my collection of things, I got a few weird things I noticed today, like, as far as figures go, I have a little sub-collection of Frankenstein and a little sub-collection of Leatherface that I've been doing. And when I was on tour, um, I, just some thrift shop we went into, I found this kick-ass little Frankenstein candle. I don't know. Yeah. It was weird as hell. The candle's pretty cool. And, uh, 
They obviously had the Aquaman bathroom on the list. My giant boxes of boxes. I <laughs> I have you know like and, and then my Transformers collection. Uh, I guess the weirdest things I could find was you know I have everything from like a Risk game to like mm. I still have or I have a the Burger King crowns, but as a <laughs> Transformers one. You know, oh, I even have those stupid things. Every, everywhere, anytime I see some Transformers, I just buy it. I just take it. I just get it. I just can't control it. It's terrible. So I don't. But I don't think I have anything as awesome as like Miss Piggy collection. That's not fair. Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I also I think the weirdest thing I have in my collection, and it's actually movie related, is a Bobby Rhodes candle. Uh, you know who uh, Bobby Rhodes is. He was the uh, Tony the Pimp in Demons, and he was um, the Hank, the aerobics instructor in Demons Two. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I know for him. Obscure. Yeah. Weird. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> trying to think. Uh, I thought of one for you, Mike. Oh, okay, good, because I'm trying to. Th- yeah, I'm just circling around within the room this trying to whole think. house of super eclecticism craziness. One thing stands out to me almost more than anything. Okay. In your collection, yeah, there's a My Little Pony. <laughs> That's true. I do have a My Little Pony. <laughs> it's connected, but it's so funny. It stands out like a sore thumb. So in the dining room, one full wall is nothing but Weird Al. It's ridiculous. I got my autographed twine shirt in a poster frame. I've got, um, <clears throat> I've got like his children's books. I've got his his uh, coffee table book they put out a couple years ago. Every VHS, every Blu-ray, every DVD, multiples of all, multiples of yeah. Everything. All my all my LPs, um, and I have a few cream cream of the crops in that collection. There's my um, cassette tape. That was made the, the I, so I did a college radio show at uh, the local college in in town where I grew up, and it was kind of a Doctor Demento esque show. And for my birthday, the program director of the station don't know to this day still how he how he did this, but uh, he somehow got Weird Al to record a promo for my show um, that I could play. So yeah. Yeah. Saying you know my name, name and everything, show. name of the show and everything. Uh, so I still have that cassette tape. I don't know how in the hell he managed to pull that off. So that's that's uh, one of the prized possessions of the Weird Al collection. Um, but uh, so so after all these years of being the biggest Weird Al fan and never finding anything Weird Al to collect, um, I live in a day and age now where there's like. Action Weird Al action figures. There's a couple of Simpsons ones from his appearances on The Simpsons. Um, he, he, there's a couple. Who put those the, the actual ones out? Was that NECA? Yeah. NECA did those and The Simpsons ones. Oh, okay. So, and I've got the two Weird Al uh, NECA figures. I got the Weird Al pops. Um, but I also want to collect the, all the action figures of characters that he's done voices for. Like Rekgar from Transformers movie. Yes, Rekgar. Well, Transformers animated series. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Weird Al's song Dare to be Stupid was in right, the right. movie. 
which I think is why they casted him as Rick Gar in the animated series as a as a nod to that. Uh, but he was also the voice of Cheese Sandwich on My Little Pony. <laughs> so I have a Cheese Sandwich My Little Pony in my Weird Al collection. Well, that's, that's how Nikki is um, with Paul Rubin. Like, if he did voices for things, she owns the, like, anything. She owns, you know, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas stuff because he did voices. Or, uh, you know, not just Pee Wee stuff, but anything um, Paul Rubin's related. Cool. Oh, that's awesome. Like, Batman Returns being Penguin's dad. Yeah, you know, like like anything. We ha- <laughs> we have we just have weird Paul Rubin stuff next to our bed cuz that's like where she puts her collection is in the bedroom, so doing doing coke with uh Chong underneath the table and <laughs> in, in Yeah, <laughs> nice, in a, dreams. nice dreams. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> You you need to show her the movie Phenomenon then. I know I brought that obscure weirdo film on the show before, but Paul Rubens is in that one. He's actually probably the best part of that whole movie. Um, probably one of the darkest things I have in my collection, which would be considered weird. I have a jar that has dirt from Ed Gein's grave. Oh, wow. It's pretty weird. Yeah. Plainfield, Wisconsin. Yep. Oh, so that's definitely a weird one. <laughs> about as weird yeah. as that gets. Well, I mean, so, I mean, I, I, I'd say he had it coming. I mean, he, he's robbed enough graves. I mean, it's fitting somebody, somebody, it's fitting somebody took something from his. Turnabout's fair play, pal. I, I guess some of the weird stuff I have. Um, would be stuff that I keep as mementos. Like every year when I go to Horror Nights, I keep a map and like a guide for the different days. They do different covers for the different days. Cool. So I try to grab one and keep them. And one, like, I think it was like last year, Nikki like found my uh, collection in my sock drawer and she's like, most guys, it, I would feel like better if you were hiding porn in your sock drawer and not like. <laughs> Horror Night maps. She's like, why do you have these? I'm like, mind your own business. <laughs> That's when you reply, that is my porn. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> Exactly. That's what it is. It's like, I look through these and it makes me happy because I remember that year and, you know, it's cool. I love it. I didn't know I was collecting them, but, like, uh, just suddenly I looked over and then there's 20 or 30 lanyards from all the fucking... Yeah conventions have gone to you know yeah i, I saved mine festival. yeah absolutely oh I yeah i do that have uh i have like badges for con obviously tickets i keep all ticket stubs and movie stubs and all that stuff but i keep uh Uh-oh. like vip badges any of that yeah. kind of stuff the only this movie is, st- uh, sorry go ahead go ahead well uh i was just gonna say when when tad mentioned uh movie stub this is a weird thing that i do um I, I keep my movie stub after, you know, and when I get the DVD, I put my movie stub in nice. the DVD case. I, I have like my that. Rob Zombie's Halloween one, and this this, this uh, ticket, whatever it was, it must have been like an antique because it was on those computer paper with like the perforation and, you know, with, uh, with, uh, with like the, I guess what I want to say, the peg holes that, you know, turn... Like the printing paper, 
Yeah. On those old printers. Yeah, that's what this, my Halloween Rob Zombie ticket is. It's inside my DVD case. So, I mean, that's how old that ticket was. It was, was 2007, but that's still, like, prehistoric for 2007. <laughs> so, this th- I, there was a theater in Hastings, Nebraska is where I went and saw it. And, um, but, yeah, I've, I've saved, like, all my tickets, and I, and I put them as just, like, that's how, you know, I knew I watched this in the theater. And I knew I must have really liked it because I bought the DVD for it. So it bothers everyone with the new style of receipts, right? They don't. Yeah. They're just like paper, yeah. Thermal paper, even so that that Fades shit's gonna and, fade. Yeah, yeah. I I don't. Cl- the only movie stubs that I've kept over the years is every time I've seen Rocky Horror in a theater. That's in a box somewhere. <laughs> I kept. I think I kept almost all of my concert tickets. I keep 3D glasses from ones that are customized for the movie. Oh, yeah, that say, like, the movie the name Texas on Chainsaw it. one. I have a couple pairs of those. Mm-hmm. That still came in the bags before you get the generic ones. I, d- I did keep my tickets um, for the premiere of Tales from Halloween, only that's... That's because I was sitting next to Neil Marshall and Adam Green when I was watching it. Well, so, yeah, this was at a uh, film festival, and they just happened to, after they introduced the movie, there was two seats left, and they sat down right, bes- right next to me and, and Danielle. So I got to watch uh, Tales from Halloween uh, next to Neil Marshall and Adam Green. Awesome. Which That's was, awesome. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. <laughs> Oh, I also have a collection of, um, I also collect cameras and, like, film video equipment. Video cameras. Yeah, video cameras, cameras, but I have a crap ton of uh, Super 8 cameras. Yep. Um, and I have nice. a Super 8 projector and uh, an actual home editing splicing machine for Super 8 as well. With the viewfinder screen and the splicing tool and everything, um, I I actually have one of those, but I I have not gotten a projector yet, so I haven't had a chance to watch my Psycho film yet. Yeah, I don't know if my projector works or not, so I don't I haven't had a chance uh, to watch man. my one Super Eight on it yet either. Um, and I also have a huge collection of thirty-five millimeter movie trailers. When you work at the theater, yeah, yeah, because yeah, when I worked at a movie theater. They would just throw them away, so I'd take them home. I'd just, what? I got boxes of that shit. Yeah. What? What's? What's the? What would you say is your uh, crown jewel out of that? Oh crap! That's a good question. Um, I'm trying to remember which ones I have. It's been a while since I've looked at them. I don't even remember. Uh, Silence of the Lambs. Maybe I've got that Ooh. one. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I think I've got a Nightmare Before Christmas one. Cool. I have a Corpse Bride one and a Devil's Rejects one. Sweet. Oh, nice. Yeah. I I bought some uh, memorabilia in a box, and I have. Uh, uh, you remember the movie uh, Easy Money with uh, Rodney Dangerfield? Yeah. I I have that thirty five millimeter trailer. I have Footloose. And uh, the one that I specifically went out and bought, and uh, some people like this remake, other people don't, but I have the 2003 uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, trailer. Nice. 
Oh, I've got the 1990 Night of Living Dead trailer. I've got the Savini Night of Living Dead trailer, and I remember I got that one. That one's probably oh, my favorite in my collection. You bastard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I deserve that for rubbing the Vincent Price Apple sculpture. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I deserve it. <laughs> Okay. Um, oh, what would be the one thing that you saw it at a convention or a secondhand store or whatever? You had it in your hand, you had it in your hand, man, and you didn't pull the trigger, and Ooh. you wish you would have just gotten it. I'll go first. Not because I have an answer, but because I, uh, well, I feel like I, I grew up in uh, Watch Here, Iowa, and it's known for one of the biggest flea markets known to man. Yeah. And so huge. I don't know if it was from that or just collecting as an early age, but somebody taught me the rule when you see it, you buy it. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and I've tried my hardest. To live by it slash remind Mike about it every time he puts something back on the shelf. So I, I can't think of any I can't think of any regrets. I mean, at the same time, everything, every time, you know, like you have to you have to walk away from something, you know. But yeah, you're always you can't buy everything yeah. every time. Yeah. But I can't think of a time that that isn't generically. Everything, every time. <laughs> I don't know if I have one single answer for this. I could probably go on for days and stuff I've put back. Um, but but I have kind of a different philosophy to that. Is like, if I walk away from it and then it's gone, if I go back, then it just wasn't meant to be. Who gives a shit? Who cares? Yeah, yeah you were okay with... You were okay before you saw it. Yeah. I mean, you rationalizations gosh all right do i pay, I, do I pay my electric bill this month or buy that <laughs> that one freaking collectible that i so no that's fine wanted. let your then let your then let your reasoning be i'm not going to buy this because i can't afford this instead of i'm not going to buy this because i want to see if the world's going to let it be for me or not is what you're saying uh, it's not what i'm saying <laughs> no. I'm saying I've um, already sold one kidney. <laughs> <laughs> to make myself feel better after the fact is when I when I'm like it wasn't meant to be. <clears throat> I don't test fate and be like, I'm gonna see if this is meant for me. Hmm. I feel like you're like, I'm gonna do another lap. I'm gonna wait to the end of the day and then if it's not here then I can Well yeah, you cause you don't know how many times <laughs> I've bought stuff. And then I'm out of money, and I found something way fucking cool on the other end of that's, the room. <laughs> that's happened to me. That's why I'm kind of slow to pull the trigger on things, and I, I sometimes I end up regretting it, and that's just how it goes sometimes. Yeah, yeah I'll do a lap, sometimes two laps, before I even think about pulling my wallet out. Well, hey, I got to do the laps, man. I do them at conventions all the time. Because you, you can usually always find it a little cheaper. Uh, or even if it's just a place where there's more things that you may like there, so you you, you tend to want to spend your money there more. 
Uh, but I, I like doing laps. Gotta You'll see do it the laps. Yeah. <laughs> I um, I guess I will. There's one thing that I keep passing up, and I will not say where it is, oh. uh, because <laughs> it's um, it was a picture, and granted, but it's it's just really presented really well. And it's and it's framed and it looks really nice and he wants like eighty bucks for it but it's 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 really it's fairly big and it's the picture of Vincent Price, Boris Karloff, Peter Leray, and I think Basil Rathbone and they're all sitting in coffins and they're reading a newspaper and it's a mm. and they're reading newspapers it's like a classic photo from I believe from Time Magazine in the, in the late sixties. Oh, that's awesome. And, yeah, yeah, and uh, I if it's still around, you know, and I'll probably I'll probably pick that up. But you know, if it, if I don't get it, you know, oh well. I mean, I I'm I'm okay without it. But may, it, probably sometime if it's still around, you know, where where it is, uh, I'll probably eventually, you know, pull the trigger and get it. Yeah, that's got to be harder when you know something's there more permanently. So you're just daily being haunted. Where a convention, you're yeah. like, I got a day or two, and this is gone forever. Yeah, I don't have a choice. But man, to know there's something at a pawn shop in your town or something, like oh. And then well, and then then here's the thing, you know, it's just like and then you had like multiple chances yeah. to go and get it. Whereas you know you're you're kind of on a time lock at a convention or whatever you know because then then it's just going to be going away and then you're just like man I'm really kicking myself because I had like five six times buy this freaking thing and here I am now I want it and boom now it's gone. I actually feel like when I'm in that situation and I know there's something there and then uh, you go back and it's gone I feel I always have like two reactions first I'm like it's like a panic of like oh goddamn I should have got that like what was I thinking, but it's also a relief because it's like, now I don't have to think about it. It's gone. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where I'm coming like, from when and, I'm saying when it wasn't it, when it's, be. When it's like, I have that opportunity and I don't take it and it goes away, um, I feel less sad about it because I, I sort of, in my mind, I'm like, you know, I only want it now because someone else wanted it too, you know, and it, it's like, I'm sort of like Jason. It's like you know, if you if it's there, you can buy it. And you know, worst case scenario, later, you know, if you regret it later, I probably can find someone who would like it. You know, and not necessarily make money my money back, but at least you know, give it as a gift or something. But um, yeah, there's been several times where I've looked at something on the shelf and let it sit, let it sit, it goes away, and then I'm suddenly like, oh, that was dumb. But you know what? I guess I don't need it. So. I think uh, the one missed opportunity for me was probably mid-2000s. I was at like a, a hobby store. No, no, it was a comic book shop. And I went in and I saw they had the whole collection of the Aliens Hot Toys figures. And around then, the Hot Toy was worth, or was selling for about 90 bucks a piece. So there was a whole set there and I only bought one of them. And it was Drake. 
And if you know what hot to- hot toys yeah. are, they're I mean, they're, yeah, they're just the collectible like the king, king of the crop, like the best sculpts in the world. Yeah, and this was like one of the the earlier series, so it's not as great as they are now. They're still kind of flawed, but they still come with a lot of accessories and uh, like the clothing is really awesome too. And so yeah, I passed up the opportunity to have like a, a Vasquez figure and a, and a Pone figure and uh, Ripley, and, and I was just now I think about it, and Hot Toys go for about <laughs> two fifty a piece. Or two twenty five at least. I have a lot of like action figure regrets, uh, looking back at stuff, but a lot of it's mostly just va- vanity stuff. Where I'm like, you know, I saw that sitting on a shelf, and now it's super rare and worth a lot. But there was a reason I didn't buy it for the most part, is because I didn't necessarily want it for my collection. So I don't beat myself up over something like that because it's like I wouldn't have had the insight then to buy it and i'm proud of myself for not buying something just because i was wanting the value of it because um i don't know like i'm i'm try to be that guy that doesn't just buy stuff based on what the perceived value of it but i've passed on uh like i collect my other thing besides toys is screen printed posters and artwork and uh there's been plenty of times where I either sat too long on something trying to decide whether to buy it or uh, missed the opportunity and instantly, you know, those those things skyrocket in price. And it's like, yeah. I want to, I, there's, I mean, and a lot of that stuff is like not a regret for um, not, not buying it when I had an opportunity. It's missing out because it's so hard to acquire in the first place. So, you know, that's, that kind of stuff bothers me when I really want a poster and then I go for it, don't get it, and then you know thirty of them pop up on eBay for four times the amount because I refuse to buy that shit from flippers. So, yeah, I was gonna say one thing that I realize I do get regrets on sometimes is movies that you know you're like, oh, I'll get it later, and then fucking goes out of print. Yeah, and then you can't get yeah. it, or it's seventeen times the price. That stuff, you know, or Twilight Time puts out a movie and you find out about it after it's gone, or yeah, you know, or a, a, one, a big one for me. And um, this is like we talked about how if it's at a convention or something, you have a day or two, but if it's like at a pawn shop or whatever, how about it when it's at your own store and it sits <laughs> there forever? We had a guy who um, sold who sold us his entire um, collection of monster magazines, almost an entire run of Fangoria, almost a complete set of Fangos. Yeah, all, dating all the way back wow. to issue number one. That issue one in our hands, and we definitely checked it out and read it and all that. Oh yeah, poster yeah. included. Yeah, I I may have grown my penis on it, but. Um, and, and it sat there. It sat there, and it sat and there. We put like a hundred dollar price tag on that thing, and was like, "That's probably going to go home with me one of these days." But it eventually sold, and so I'm kind of bummed I never got that Fangoria number one. Yeah, and it's been amazing to have. But you know, hey, the bright side is it kept the lights on in the store another day or two. So <laughs> a small price to pay, I guess. And then the, another one I just thought of um, at the last uh, Crypticon, that guy who had all those like old timey lobby cards and posters and stuff, that yeah. giant, 
Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things poster. Oh, my gosh. Like Bob Clark, yeah, right. Yeah, I remember seeing. Actually, Zach Ward was taking pictures of that when uh, Danielle and I were. Uh, Danielle had just bought that Dementia Thirteen one. Nice. And Zach Ward, of course, you know he was directed by Bob Clark, and he had never seen that huge. Children shouldn't play with dead things, and he was snapping pictures at it and talking with us. Sorry, but just oh, just a oh, memory. That's cool. Yeah, and I think they wanted eighty bucks for that thing, which. I I probably would have paid for if it wasn't for the fact that I don't There's buy no posters anymore. And especially when that side, how would I, you know, what would I do with it? You couldn't put it anywhere. No. It would cost 12 times the amount to f- put it in a frame. And I refuse to it, put posters up anymore that if, that are not going to be in a frame. Because that thing was yeah. huge. Monstrous. Yeah, but I love that movie <laughs> so much. Yeah, framing that Dementia 13 one was not cheap. Daniel Daniel will attest to that. <laughs> and that brings up another question. Is there um, is there things that you refuse to collect? Me, it's full-size posters because I have... You're done t- with that. I have tubes and tubes of full-size posters, movie movie-size posters that I tell myself I'm going to get in frames one of these days and they never do. I've got a binder full of folded posters that you know I want to get framed, and wall space in this house is you're, getting less and less you're just every breaking day. Breaking Mike Reeb's heart. That's all. I know, and I every time every time <laughs> I see Mike Reeb's table, I'm just like, oh, I so want to buy five thousand things. I About, know. When it comes to posters anymore, I just buy those copy eleven by seventeen posters because you could find five dollar frames for those things. And you could fit like twelve of them as opposed to like three <laughs> full size movie posters on a wall. So yeah, that's okay if you break Mike Reeb's heart because Mike Mike Reeb has been breaking my bank for like a <laughs> long time. <laughs> do you put them all up? What do you do? I I I've put I put them away. I, you know, those twenty seven by forty one um, frames are not cheap, and I've bought like four of them already. So. Uh, yeah, I, I've got most of them. Most of them up. The twenty-seven by forties; those are like, you know, what twenty-five bucks. The twenty-seven by forty ones are like forty-five. <laughs> They're like, you know, and you're you're paying that much more for like one inch. But I refuse to like fold or cut a poster. I I can't yeah. do it. Um, but uh, yeah. that's. The question was, what do I ref- what do I refuse to collect? Anybody else know? Oh, any second, anybody? Yeah, I do. Okay, pop figures. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Stay strong. Well, nope, not gonna happen. Those will not be in this room ever. And I'm can, gonna I'm gonna buy you a Miss Piggy one, and then. You'll, oh. you'll have to start. Nope, no, I'm not even gonna skip <laughs> that far, man. I, I, there's a special place in the closet for those things, right next to the Beanie Babies. It's gonna <laughs> That's what Mike says too. But guess what? They ain't slowing down, fellas. Uh, not today. It's an abomination to me. I'm sorry, I, I'm, I'm not a fan. 
<laughs> hey, I work in a store that that sells those, so I'm not a I'm not a huge fan either. I have I have quite a few, but <sighs> nope. I hear you. I was on that. You can page make a pop figure of me, and I won't buy it. You can. I'm gonna make one of you and send it to you. <laughs> I'd say, um, actually, I'd be sort of hypocritical to say this because I actually own two of them. But <laughs> I, I swore when they started making them, I would not buy any of NECA's uh, Mego retro figures. They're cool because I, I've. I'm against why they're doing them. Um, oh. I I have been a seven inch, you know, collectors of of the uh, seven inch scale, uh, NECA, McFarlane, all those figures for so long, and I feel like NECA figured out a loophole on how to make them cheaper by just sculpting the head and use, reusing the same bodies and, <laughs> and making these for, poorly fit clothes on them put them in a box and call them retro and charge $35 for them. They've made it very clear, you know, that these are way cheaper to manufacture than the 7-inch figures. Then why the fuck are they $10 more and why do they huh. look why do they look $50 cheaper? I just <laughs> I, I don't I don't get the appeal. It's like a really nicely sculpted head with a soft Barbie-looking body. I mean, I I I can appreciate like actual retro Mego action figures, but the fact that NECA sort of teases us by putting out Snake... <laughs> they're like, we're finally putting out Snake Plissken. Yeah, but he's going to be a retro figure. Uh, you know, we're finally, <laughs> we're finally doing um, Roy from Friday the 13th Part 5, but he's retro figure. We're finally doing a, you know... Uh, uh, child jason Voorhees from the original film but he's a retro figure they they keep doing this to me and it's it's just like i refuse to support it because i know what they're doing they've they've made it clear that the tooling on seven inch action figures costs you know so much more that's why these toys are more expensive which i'm fine with if you make these retro figures like ten dollars, but they're they're like thirty five forty dollars when they're telling us outright that they're cheaper to make, it's just you know you can't have you can't tell me they're more affordable to make, and that's why you can make more obscure characters, but then charge us forty dollars for them because they're retro and they're cool. It just pisses me off. I assume it's because of the Mego name. Well, they don't use the Mego name; they just call them retro action figures. Oh. Mm. They don't. There's no. Yeah. At first, I thought you were literally talking about the the Migo the Migos that came back that aren't at Target. Like, that's no, what I thought. No, the no, Dr- I'm okay yeah, with dress. Yeah, I got the Dracula one. I thought that was cool too. I'm okay with those. I just and you know I I'm okay if people like to collect them, but um, based on principle, it pisses me off that NECA like has come out. Randy Falk from NECA has come out and said, you know. Like when they did Snake Plissken, you know, I, I they are interactive on Twitter. You say, "Why don't you make a seven-inch one?" Well, he's too expensive to make for a, a niche figure like Snake Plissken. It's cheaper to manufacture this one. Then why is it fucking forty dollars? You know, yeah. why is why are you charge me forty dollars for this? But it's like thirty or twenty-five for a seven-inch figure. Don't tell me that it costs less to make, but you can charge me more for it. It's sort of a slap in the face to me. If it's cheaper to make, then make it cheaper for me to buy. And I just, 
it it just rubs me the wrong way because it seems like to me that they found a way to cut a corner and get more money out of us on uh, knowing that people will buy anything that's you know they re-release it's like here's here's a the same figure you just bought but with a shittier body and it's ten dollars more and people eat it up you know They're, they've been doing that with you know the predators they've been reusing the tooling on everything they the all the original freddy figures all had the same set of legs i understand you have to you know for cost wise you have to save money sometimes but uh to use that as an excuse as to why they're making certain more obscure like um they, they made a reanimator one and i'm like i've been wanting a seven inch reanimator action figure my entire life and no one's ever been able to make one and NECA's like we got the reanimator license but we're doing it in a barbie style no thank you <laughs> yeah no, it's like a slap in the face to me because it's like we got these licenses, and the only re- we're doing them this way because it's more affordable for us. But we're not going to make it more affordable for you. Is basically what it comes down to. It's just principle. So well said. Well said. That's what irritates me. So I cannot um, morally support it because I know that th- what they're doing, and I don't like it. Well, I like. The fact that you know the name of the people who are making your toys, and that's why you're a real collector. (laughs) (laughs) I've had a very long, loving relationship with NECA since they first started. They made some pretty shitty Beetlejuice action figures way back in the day, and sort of evolved into the Hellraiser line, which turned into like the cult classics. You know, I've bought almost everything every cult classic figure they've ever done they started doing the 18 inch figures all that stuff i love it and you know i love that company i still buy their stuff they're they're still my number one but the the retro line Fuck just, that. they just they really just piss me off with that man yeah yeah to me it was just sort of a, like a slap in the fans face it's like we're gonna make all these figures that you finally wanted but they're not going to be in scale with your your other collectors, your other action figures, and you know they're too, they're going we're going to make them cheaper, just so you can have them. And to me, it's like make them right or don't make them at all. Hell yeah! I'm glad Ted finally has a soapbox for this. It's clear <laughs> he's go. been pent up about this for a while. Oh, I've I've ran I ran at them every time they announce a new one on Twitter. Ran, I'm surprised Randy hasn't blocked me yet because he's the one that runs their Twitter. And I'm like, he'll be like, we have a surprise license Friday. And I'm like, let me guess, another Pennywise or another Predator, or you're turning one of my favorites into a shitty retro figure, you know? <laughs> I, try, I, I try not to troll the guy, but it just irritates the hell out of me. They're like, uh, just, yeah, I'll, I'll stop now. But <laughs> I feel that way about the retro figures like he feels about the pop figures. It's just sort of like, you know, it's morally... And, and, I could go around about pops too because uh, they're only people, ten bucks. Yeah, but you know why? Because they don't have to pay a single likeness, right? Um, they don't have to. The art direction on them is way easier. The sculpts on them are so much more simple. They don't. They don't have to pay any of the actors' license, right? So, if they make, uh, you know, Evil Dead, Bruce Campbell sees none of that money. You know what I mean? Like they don't have to worry about that at all. Good or for Nega them and their business model. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. But I mean, that's that's how they pump those out. But it's like with, yeah. with NECA, if they make one, they have to get it approved by oh, Bruce yeah. Campbell. Then he has to get, you know, he gets a, a certain amount. The studio gets a certain amount. Yeah. That's why Funko can just keep pumping these things out like 
Like, it's nothing. They acquire the film license, and that's it. Yep. Hmm. <sighs> well, things I won't collect <laughs> to keep it with Funko is Funkos that are not horror. But then I say that, and they just announced that they're doing a Boy Meets World. According ah! to Penguin. I'm so pissed because I'm going to have to get those. Yep. <laughs> Damn it. Yes. My show. Um, and then Transformers. I don't collect the movie line because I just don't like how they look. Yeah, they look like garbage. Except for Starscream. I still have to get all the Starscreams. But, yeah, same. Yep. And then I finally made the like actual decision. I, you know, I remember I had it just had to make a deal out of it. I was just like, no. Like, I'm walking away from vinyl. I can't do it. I got enough shit to buy. Oh, records? Yeah. I can't do uh, records. I can't. Oh, I love records. And I'm just like, I'm done. Here's Mike. Here's all what I had. Yeah, he and gave me his record collection. I'm just like, I got to walk wow. away. Wow. I got to walk away. To me, at this point with vinyl, it's got to be a very specific album that's, uh, you know, uh, that appeals to me. Like, I, I like to get, I need to pick up Lost Themes uh, 2. Uh, Carpenter vinyl. I like <laughs> listening to Carpenter on vinyl. I've got this. Yeah, you know, I get, and I have original pressings of Big Trouble in Little China and They Live. Ooh, so, nice. yeah. I'm I'm a sucker for that the vinyl stuff. I try. I'm not overbearing. Like I don't have a ton of it, but I'm a sucker for the Carpenter stuff. I when they release like. They have thirty different colorways. I try to find the most rare, hard to find one, and I, you know, I yeah. ordered that one right away. I got like the art edition of the new Halloween. I got the, nice. you know, the collector's, you know, version of Lost Themes Two with the cutout cover and all that stuff. I'm, and I've I've even bought like the singles uh, in specific exclusive colors, that kind of stuff. So mostly just Carpenter and Weezer, like those two things. I buy, you know, everything in vinyl. So, I'm a, some. So I'm sorry, but uh, some of you guys saw my uh, the Phantasm uh, Captain Zorro one I bought with uh, the yellow and the blood stain on it from '79, the disco Phantasm theme one. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. And I bought that, and I bought a, I bought the actual uh, original Unsolved Mysteries uh, on vinyl, <laughs> and, that, and that that's multicolored too. It's actually really cool. Uh, and it's, you know, it plays a lot of the spooky themes that you heard within the stories. And of course it plays that creepy ass theme. And, uh, but yeah, the, the color, the color scheme on the vinyl for the unsolved mysteries is actually really cool too. Nice. Yeah. I'm a big vinyl fan. Um, you know, I, I'll buy anything that I like music wise on vinyl, but definitely a huge fan of this, this modern age remastered like movie score vinyls big fan Amen. of that shit so i just assumed you're into vinyl because you're so old okay. and that's all you have oh <laughs> yeah yeah you're not that much younger than i am only like a year or two or three yeah but i grew up listening to vinyl and it's <laughs> the it superior <laughs> and you're so happy that it's coming back at thirty to forty dollars a piece. Oh, that's the worst part of these of these of these scores. The price tags on these freaking vinyls are ridiculous. 
Yeah, they're pretty bad. So when I find when I'm shopping for them, I can only afford to maybe get one at a time. Sometimes two. But I also like going to going to like secondhand stores and digging through vinyls and finding yeah. some some cool stuff. Uh, one of the, one of the coolest things I found was uh, Bill Bill Cosby sings. It's a whole record of Bill Cosby singing soul songs. It's freaking awesome. Bad, bad, bad. Yes. And then I also found the soundtrack to uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, the Bee Gees version. The one starring oh. Peter Frampton and the Bee Gees. Yes. <laughs> hey, it's got Alice Cooper on it. And it's got Steve Martin doing Maxwell Silverhammer, which is an awesome song. I found the Shaft in Africa soundtrack. Nice! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. I try not to dig into the, the older stock because, uh, as Mike and Jace can probably attest, they've been to, and, and you've probably been there too, Andy, Weird Heralds. Like, they have oh, yeah. thousands and thousands of records. It's like, if I start getting to that, you know, I would just owe them my paycheck every week. So I just avoid even looking because it's just. I, yeah. I, try to, I try to look for things that are very specific when I get there. Like, uh,. Since basically they did a lot of the soundtracks to some of the '80s movies that I absolutely love, I try to search for uh, *Tangerine Dream*, yeah. and uh, you know because they did *Risky Business* and and *Legend* and in and, and stuff like that. And *Legends*, I actually have that on vinyl too. And uh, Jerry Goldsmith is that's good too. I look, I look, I go for a lot of instrumental stuff when I search for vinyl. You know, especially you know, of course, like we were talking about, the soundtrack based as well. Yeah, soundtracks have been movie soundtracks, horror specifically. Soundtracks have been something I've been collecting pretty hard over the past year or so. I I added it up. I'm thinking I'm getting I'm close to two hundred. But it's nice. but digital digital so, but still, yeah. I've been hoarding. I just been going crazy. Love it. Well, there. Uh, I don't know. I'm a sucker for certain things because I am not a big fan of. I'm a huge Weezer fan, but I'm not a big fan of like their their newest cover of Toto's Africa, and they put out like a record store day exclusive vinyl. And my record store contacted me, Weird Heralds, and they were like, hey, we got one copy. Do you want it? I was so conflicted. I'm like, you know, I, I hate the song and sort of uh, <laughs> everything about it, but they only have one copy, and they contacted me, and they have it. So, I, of course, well, I had to buy it. Of course you did. <laughs> yeah. Dude, one, one, of these, one of these, every time I'm in Burlington and we go to Weird Heralds, I'm, giving like, I'm given like five minutes to shop. It's not fair. <laughs> So one of these days I'm going to pack a lunch and I'm going to drive to Burlington and just spend day uh, the whole day upstairs digging through records. On the uh I think it's the weekend before the film festival they do sidewalk sales and they bring the records out onto the street and they're like 5 cents a piece or something and oh they just Oh my god. put and people go home with like stacks of hundreds of them. Oh my god. I um the last record I think well the uh, it's not the not the last record that I got at Weird Heralds, but uh, the last soundtrack that I got at Weird Heralds was, and it was on vinyl, 
was uh, Keenan Ivory Wayne's I'm Gonna Get You Sucka. Nice. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> God, I love that movie. I have that on CD. I never saw it on vinyl, but I, I bought it on CD back in like 90. Love that Boom. movie. Yeah. One rib. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pour it in my hand for a nickel. <laughs> Bitch, baby, yeah, have I my love, money. I love, I love that movie. Yep. Larry, I saw a lot of vinyl in your collection. Yeah, I have some. Uh, a lot of soundtracks, like uh, Creep Show, Surf Nazis Must Die, I think is oh, awesome. Yes. awesome. Nice. Um, let me see. Uh, I have like a couple uh, Fulci like albums. Uh, let me take a look. Sit right next to him. Um, this band Umberto play. They play like uh, horror movie kind of music, like synth music. Cool. Uh, Zombie, cool. other band like that. Your next is a really cool soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. it does. Oh yeah. Um, the guest. They're um. Yeah. Uh, not the the soundtrack, but the score I have. Yeah. And there's a few more. I'm Rollerball. That's just a bunch of classical music. The James Conn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Christine. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Now, is that like the the 50s music, or is that the John Carpenter score? Carpenter. Carpenter. Nice. Nice. Uh, oh, uh, and probably my favorite is uh, Delamore, Delamorte. It's the Hell most yeah. for, yeah. uh, uh, vinyl before. Yeah, same here. I've got that one. It's awesome. Yeah, the artwork alone is worth it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It Follows is another one. Uh, I, I, really it's, like, it's a rotation. And, uh, and then I have Crawl. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> Get out! It's very nice. uplifting, you know. And Conan the Barbarian, Road Warrior... Um, those are in deep rotation. I do have the Road Warrior one. Uh, yeah. It's not complete. It's a, a, a few segments of the movie. There's like a fuller, more complete version. And I don't know if it's on vinyl or not, but I, I do believe it's available on uh, digital media. Cool beans. I have the, actually, now that I think about it, I have the, the Flash Gordon... Uh, soundtrack with Queen. Oh, oh yeah, that too. Right, right. On, on final. Yeah. Oh man, awesome. Ah, uh, savior of the universe. Oh, cool guys. Yeah, I think. Uh, man, I think we should probably start. Uh, we could go on forever. I feel like we haven't even gotten through <laughs> half of these questions. Are we gonna do like a part two? Maybe. I think we might have to, man. I, we'll but, see uh, if everyone's bored of this episode, yeah. or if they like it. I guess. I, well, maybe we can maybe we can post the uh, pictures that we were talking about on yeah. Facebook, and maybe show them, and you know, whet their appetites a little bit more, and maybe talk about it. Yeah. 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 I'm in. If you guys want me back, I can. Hell yeah! Awesome. Yeah, we'll need you back for parts um, two through four. <laughs> 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 <Nice>. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, so yeah, I think it's a good time as any to take a break, and when we come back, we'll uh, have our segments here on Attack of the Killer Podcast. Be right back. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. And we're back here at Attack of the Killer Podcast, and it's segments time. Time for everybody's se- uh, favorite segments. Shoutouts. It's time for shoutouts. That's right, everybody's favorite. So this one's a little weird, a little more interactive. We're going to need everyone who's listening to go to our Facebook page. Do it, now! And uh, just, well, I just wanted to see everyone's collections, you know? There's there's something about seeing it. I mean, you can hear about it, but yeah. it's seeing it's what's really all about. Like when you see Larry's, you're just like, whoa, yes. fuck. Takes your breath away. So, ask what you got. And so, just, so it's a little weird, so... Benjamin Chi, he wrote, and he said he's got a signed movie and TV soundtracks collection. And he's uh, got a couple pictures here of just all the fucking soundtracks that he has autographs. That's cool. Super fucking cool. Mm-hmm. He's also the guy with Howlin' Wolf that put out the uh, Collapse soundtrack for us. Oh, yeah. yeah so nice. he's a soundtrack guy in general. But, yeah, super freaking cool. And then, uh... Nick Leadham, he says, uh, My kitchen has a record player and a collection of vinyl records. Uh, the front room is full of DVDs and Blu-rays with a smaller s- section dedicated to disc-based modern games. PS1, PS2, PS3, PS4, GameCube, Wii, Switch, the Dreamcast. He says, The video game room is full of cartridge-based games, which include Nintendo, Super Nintendo 64, Genesis, Atari 2600, Odyssey 2, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance games. This is also where I keep my VCR and VHS tapes. Basically anything I want to see on a tube TV. And there are bookcases full of comic strip collections, graphic novels, and trade paperbacks with a few comic books and magazines. Yeah, you didn't even talk about your comic book collection. Yeah, because we haven't even gotten to that. Because that's fucking huge, Whoa. too. That's its own room. Yeah. With your I think it's like 20 long boxes. 20 long boxes? Yeah. yeah. Oof. Uh, where was I? There are small cabinets full of old Transformer toys. See, I knew Nick was cool. Um, superhero trading cards and pogs. Pogs! Oh my god. <laughs> wow. Uh, the hobby room is full of hobby supplies, books, art supplies, CDs, and musical instruments. And I'm probably forgetting some things. I collect way too much junk. It's not junk, buddy. That's right, it's not said, junk. said, I'd take pictures, but my house is embarrassingly cluttered right now. It does... It can easily feel that way. Yeah. Up next, we got our pal Brian Clark. Brian! You know Brian? Does it say Godzilla? Uh, he says, this is all he put... So, no pictures for Brian. He says, I have a bunch of plastic lizards. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I've seen some of his pictures, and he's got some 
He's kick got some ass, kick-ass ass stuff. Godzilla yeah. shit. <clears throat> and he's, he does Transformers too, because uh, in the first, in the beginning, when he was on the show, like every weekend, he'd like be, oh, we'd talk about Transformers all the time, and he'd be like, I just got this one this weekend, and then that meant he would post pictures, uh, drunken. He would drink. And then post pictures of Transformers fighting Godzilla, and it was always him and his captions. It's always really good. You could scroll through his Facebook page and see some awesome pictures. <laughs> anyway, thanks, Brian. We want pictures. Izzy Sutton, we know Izzy. Um, he says, "Here's a look at my dungeon," and he has a great little video that he Sweet. of all his shit, which is pretty freaking awesome. Um. I said, so cool, and he said, thanks. I should make a better video where I can stop and take my time to focus on different toy lines, franchises, etc. I have a lot of shit. We all do, buddy. <laughs> JP Shot, he has a 20-minute video of his shelf-by-shelf breakdown. Nice. And I watched it. There's wow. Some, there's some cool shit. He's got some cool stuff. He, he breaks it down. He then goes on to do a shelf-by-shelf retrospective videos i don't know how many of those he has like oh he really breaks it down which is fun um then we got our buddy dustin neal dustin yeah he's gonna be on the show in the next couple episodes it's about time for the year in review the award show he Yay. says here's a small glimpse of where i spend a lot of my time and it's just posters tons city. of sweet posters you got yeah. the blob the 80s blob you got some night Burbs. trap Thanksgiving thanks killing oh there's a Dicey Demonica nice sweetheart up next we got Dustin Matson. he says this was a few months ago but this is my movie room see Mike oh fuck see hasn't it better when they're all in one place oh my god you get that wow factor I think he's like got he beat. that toys. sucks Going to the <laughs> I'm going to the pawn shop tomorrow. Do it. I don't even. Ca- I don't even care if it's ten copies of Bridget Jones' Diary. I'm buying it. Don't give Tad birthday to- gift ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just need to get you to a carpentry class or something so you can build your own shelves. I know something. He says this is where I do my movie reviews as well. You know what I want? What? You what know, you really so I have in, in the movie room, in between the two main shelves uh, that are built into the wall where all the DVDs are, is a big bay window. I want to put, like, a track up at the top and do it, like, um, like old-school library style where it's a whole, it's a whole um, wall that you can, like, shift and have that right in front of that bay window. So if I wanted to get to the window, I could just push that over mm. and get to the window. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Um, and then, I don't know if you all know this, but we have a Facebook group, a little hangout spot. We do? That's right. A little horror movie club. And uh, in there, we got Tim Lennerer. You know, Tim. Tim! He's on this super sweet network that's sweeping the nation. With his podcast. What's it called? I love it. (laughs) It's the two guys. Oh, I love watching you sweat. This is so great. Put me on the spot. It's great. I'm blanking. I'll edit it out. 
Hey, we got Tim. He says, I won't be able to compete with anyone's movie collection, but here's essentially every Joe Meek disc that's ever been released in the English-speaking world and one from Germany. He's a Joe Meek fan. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Who the hell's Joe Meek? The legendary Joe Meek? The Telstar man? You're just reading the covers. I am. <laughs> well, if you listen to his podcast, The Fiasco Brothers, you would yes. know, maybe. That's what I said. Anyway, that's yes. all we got on Facebook. <laughs> and there's nothing on Twitter or Instagram. It's a little harder to reply, maybe, pictures there. But yeah. anyway, and I guess you can't really uh, send us a voicemail of what your collection looks like so I am here's what my collection sounds like so get it that's shout outs yay shout outs alright now it's time for everybody's favorite segment Insane's Picks so I figure with Insane's Picks my goal is to always like Enlighten people on cult films, Z-grade movies, bad movies, that kind of stuff. But, uh, like, what if... Surely there's movies that fall into that category that also suck, right? So maybe from time to time I should do um, a one that I would not recommend. And I decided this because, like... I couldn't think of a movie to do, and I watched one, and I'm like, oh, I watched this, and I don't like it, but I watched it for the show, so I'm going to talk about it anyway. Um, It's from 2015. Uh, It's called Head. Now, it is written, directed, and main puppeteer uh, John Bristol is the guy's name, who really only has one other credit. Uh, something called Josh and Todd, story of a man and his puppet. So yeah, you guessed it. This guy uh, apparently likes puppets because Head is a slasher movie done entirely with puppets. Uh, basically, <laughs> five teens, well puppets, go and go for a weekend camping trip in the woods, only to discover that the land was the site of a brutal mass murder years ago. Um, you know, it's got, it's, it's got some fun stuff in it. There's like a, you know, typical, you know, uh, uh, slasher, um, nude scene in it, but it's a puppet. So you get some felt boobs in there. It's pretty cool. Um, uh, the movie starts off with kind of like a TV horror host kind of thing who introduces the film and he also, they also show like a short film and it's all puppets 100 percent puppets uh, from beginning to end so then the wraparound with the tv horror host he comes back at the end of the movie and stuff like that now the movie is only like an hour and 10 minutes long and even at that time um and still taking about taking out probably what another 10 minutes um with the uh horror host intro and short film um you have like an hour of this puppet slasher and it's sadly there's a lot of moments that this movie really drags. Um, it's not as funny as it could have been. Um, I think at moments it just kind of relies on the humor being puppets using curse words, uh, which gets old pretty darn quick. Um, 
the story just kind of drags on. The puppet work is good, and the puppets are well made, um, but just it's not very funny. Um, so I was kind of disappointed, kind of let down. Um, I would not recommend Head. Uh, I've <laughs> <Huh. laughs> never heard you say that before. That's right. Um, uh, I would much rather would much rather recommend movies like Puppet Monster Massacre or Meet the Feebles instead. Meet the so. Feebles! So, yeah, so this time around, a movie, a cult movie I'm not recommending, and that is Head from 2015. Not to be confused with the very awesome movie by the monkeys called Head, which that should be a future uh, in Saints pick, but uh, not this time. So, that's all I got. Short and sweet one. Yay! Yeah. So that's it. That's this episode of this Attack. This episode's been so awesome. This has been an awesome episode. I think we're all getting pretty tired, though. <laughs> uh, a bunch of old men. Um, oh, I can go on hours and hours and hours. I have a story yeah. for each toy. Ooh, I can yeah. really tell you where I bought each toy. Oh, wow, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I do. I do have like a log of what I paid for it, where and uh, what date it was. Whoa! Oh, for, like, shit. The past, yeah, for like the past four years, what I paid for it, where and uh, what date it was, and what it is. Wow! For the past four years of hey. every toy that I've bought. Oh shit! That's awesome. Well, wow, Mike, you used to put your receipts for movies in the case. Yeah, yeah. You still probably still kind of do that yeah. some, sometimes. Not as religiously as I used to, but yeah. you know, every time I buy a new DVD or whatever, I put the receipt inside it. Half those receipts you can't read anymore. I save the receipts for Transformers. Keep them with my yeah. boxes, <laughs> empty boxes. So, yeah, uh, I want to thank Larry for joining us <laughs> Larry, on the show. Larry, thank you so much. Oh, thank you guys for having me once again. Oh man, it was great to be on, man. It was great to talk about toys and, and things I can just talk about for hours and hours and hours. Yeah, it was great, absolutely. Great talking, collection, collecting with you, and just great getting to hang out with you for a while here, even if it is through Skype. So, yeah, um, yeah, it was a great time. And yeah. check out Larry's podcast; it's so good. My bleeding ears. Yeah, yeah. it's a weekly podcast. Well, mostly weekly podcast. I do it with my wife, and uh, we just talk about movies that we've seen lately, and we end the podcast. With our movie of the week, which usually is like a horror movie, but we branch off into action and sci-fi and just weird shit sometimes. And I have a whole slate of stuff coming up that's going to be pretty awesome. Cool. Sweet. It's yeah, a great show. I'm a yeah. little behind, but I'm catching up. I'm caught up, and it's great because the ones I haven't seen, it's like, oh, fuck, I've been wanting to know about this movie. And you right, cool. just l- listening to you lovingly... R- kind of go through the film it's really right. encouraging to to go check it out Even yeah you, it's not that you spoil it but you know still it's still your excitement with the films that yeah. you talk about it makes it really exciting to want to go watch these movies oh thank you thank you very much and uh and much appreciated i love watching all sorts of film and maybe it's not the greatest film in the world but there are definitely things that you can talk about to make to kind of uplift it a bit and not always be crapping on film. So that's that's pretty much the premise of the movie of the week. Excellent. Very cool. Okay, so that concludes this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening. Special thanks goes out to our Patreon supporters. And um, yeah, I guess when this episode comes out, it's going to be almost Christmas time. Yep. 
Or will it be Christmas by then? When is Ooh. It? I don't remember. Pretty close. So, so Merry Christmas to everybody out there, and uh, Happy Krampus. And uh, we will talk to you on the next episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. See ya. Oh no, could this be the end of? <laughs> wow. Attack of the Killer Podcast.